three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 54 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horrors coming at you live. I am your host, M-O-O-D to the Z, representing PGBC. Y'all know me. Holy yeah, and of course, I've always got my two camp counselors with me, NES Ruler, also known as Jeremy. And of course, we've got the sexy, sexy Mexican, <laughs> JP, also known as Double Shot J. Yeah. I hope we aren't as uninteresting as the camp counselors in Mad Men. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I had to say camp counselors because I was hoping you wouldn't it, say Mad Men. Rel- I really no. Was. I was not going to say Mad Men. Camp counselors was seemed a lot more appropriate. Yes, um, absolutely. Because you want it to be relevant to the movie, but not mm-hmm. just as obvious as like Mad Men. Hey, these are my Mad Men friends over here, right? So you, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you want it to be close but not That's exact. Because, it, you know, Mad Men is one. If you say Mad Men, mm. now, now you're just talking about, like, the TV show. Yeah, yeah or a gay you know, porno. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know. So, guys, what's going on? Back Jamie. in the midsummer for this uh, summer slasher extravaganza, I yeah. guess. I mean, what better time to do a... You know, a summer themed slasher film in the middle, then, then in the middle of the summer. I mean, yeah, it's, good you know, pick, Jeremy, because I didn't even know that this was like, like a summer camp one. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That actually works out really good. This is our, probably our final summer show, uh, before we get rolling with the regular season, you know, in a few yeah. more weeks. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, good pick, Jeremy. Yeah. I finally did something right for once. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. This was, um, you know, a perfect pick for this time of year. So, but yeah, what's been going on in the days of uh, the homies here? Me myself, nothing. <laughs> I've been just busy with work, man. All I do is camp and go to work. So I got no good stories to tell. Did you have Drink fun last beer. weekend? Actually, last weekend was a blast. It was a blast. Did some uh, party barging. Did a lot of swimming. A lot of drinking. Weather was good, which was nice. So lots of drinking. Yeah, I, Isn't yeah, that I mean, I can't, I can't complain. You know, it was long weekends, so it was pretty awesome. That's all I'll yeah, say. Yeah, long weekend. They have a day off just to have a day off. It's pretty much what it is. It no, pretty I much is actually. What it is. is it like Labor Day or something? No, no maybe no. that's in September. I don't even know. I don't even know what the holiday is. <laughs> but yeah, it's a stupid. See, one. our government <laughs> tries to give us a stat holiday in every single month now. So they're starting to create holidays, but this one's always been there, though. But uh, no, there is some pretty stupid ones. I think there's a really dumb one in February. I, I believe like I remembered some. looking it up, and it was like a time to relax and reflect on all the hard work you've done, or something like that. <laughs> That's what the holiday is. 
<laughs> well, there you go, man. There you go. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremy, what have you been doing? Uh, nothing. Just been watching a whole bunch of movies and reviewing them and just chilling. I go back to school in three weeks and that should be it. Okay. Boring. Well, since you guys don't have anything exciting, uh, some lady hit my car. Yeah. That's shitty. Yeah. I guess you couldn't yes. find the old, old country Old people buffet. should not be allowed to drive. How old do you think she, uh, you figure she was, here, uh, JP? Uh, 60s. Mid, uh, mid, to, mid to late 60s, probably. Okay. Yeah, she was actually yeah, coming that's... out of the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me guess. The eye doctor. No. Which is no, kind of wasn't. Ironic, That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would have been on the floor, like, dying laughing. Let, let me actually... <laughs> She's coming out of the optometrist, and, oh, yeah. Yeah, your eyes are good. Yeah, your eyes are good. I'll, I'll briefly tell you guys this story. So... I left for work that morning and right away I woke my pap up because I thought he might have needed the car because I thought he had a doctor's appointment today that day, but he didn't. So then I get in the car, I go and there was a dead kitten on the road and I was like, oh, poor, you know, dead kitten and stuff. But I just kept going. It might have been alive, but, you know, (laughs) so I just kept going. Uh, well, the road that I was driving down is like notoriously bad. I've actually hit hit a cat on that road before, but it's like there's just cats everywhere. Like it's a bunch of stray cats. Uh, mm-hmm. But there was a little kitten. You know, it was kind of sad. And I go to Walmart and I park. I go in and I have to get a monster. Obviously, it's early in the morning, so I go and grab a monster. I walk outside and I'm like, walk up to my tan Civic and I'm like, what the fuck? Somebody smashed my car. The bumpers smashed, the taillights smashed, and the back quarter panels smashed. I'm like, you know, looking around, throwing my hands up, like, who the fuck did this, you know? And then I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't my car. I look one space up, and that's my car, a tan Civic. The same, it has to be the same year, at least within one or two, because it looked the same. And then two minutes later, I get smashed in the same exact spot that I seen that smash on the car that was not mine. Bad omen, so huh? Weird. Well, I, th- I think what's going on here is that we've got a we've got a rabid granny on the loose, <laughs> She's fucking driving around smashing civics. But, but seriously, it was but such... hopefully she doesn't. Hopefully, her eyesight isn't as bad as uh, the people who restored the Blu-ray. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, but you but know yeah, that is weird, though. That I, is weird. I, I do not believe in any type of supernatural or anything like that i've always kind of been you know very like scientific based in my theories and and stuff like that so it's kind of weird because like it did feel like that morning did feel weird like the dead cat that i thought my pap was gonna drive the car thing and it was just like bad omen after bad omen it was it it really was weird and you know it kind of got me thinking was the dead cat a black cat it actually was a black cat, and I swear to God, it was a black cat. <laughs> there you go. It was a kitten. There you go, man. Yeah. Wow. The worst kind right there. That's yeah. the worst kind. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> but seeing a Honda Civic, the same exact color, which is like a tan, and having the smash exactly where my smash ended up being on the same side of the car and everything, the only difference was it the, their bumper was a bit more smashed than mine. And... You know, it being parked right... It wasn't there when I parked there. It parked behind me. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, it was a weird morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That is weird, actually. But everybody was okay. The woman admitted to it not being my fault. And, you know, we got it all squared away. So that's good. <laughs> that's very uh, interesting, man. I recently seen a dead moose on the road, of course, <laughs> in moose. Canada. Oh, let me ask yeah, you something. I got... Yeah. What is the plural word for moose? Uh, yeah, I guess mooses isn't really a word. Um, what's the plural word for goose? Geese. So should we start calling multiple moose meese? Because I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that on a podcast recently. That's actually a good point. Uh, Greg, Greg's podcast, they were talking about, uh, because he was hosting with two people from, uh, Canada and they were talking about, moose and he was like oh my god really was there meese (laughs) like there was like (laughs) and it was funny i was like dying so i I just thought i'd bring that up because you're you saw a dead moose (laughs) yeah yeah man somebody got off a flight one night there's only like basically one road into the well there's like one main road anyways and it's like it's brutal for for animals like tons of deer and moose and stuff and and of course somebody that just got off a just got off a flight nailed uh, a mama moose and there was a calf actually with her too though they had to go and track down but man they fucking splattered this thing man <laughs> it was brutal i feel like the so, moose would splatter her well this was i mean it was a mom it was it's not like a it's not like a bull right oh, so but I, they actually hit it in a big truck they hit it in a big truck and fucking you know it did quite a bit of damage to the truck but yeah this moose was splattered well, my information on this is kinda very sad. limited so i wouldn't know anything yeah, but yeah, enough talk about dead animals. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of an odd conversation. All right, JP, uh, we got some news, buddy? Yeah, we do have some news, and I thought that it was only fitting that we kind of started out with this just because, you know, it's something that happened over the last week that we really didn't get a chance to talk to from not having a podcast, but, yeah. you know, famous uh, wrestler and actor and all-around awesome guy, Rowdy Roddy Piper died at the age of 61. He was found in his Hollywood home having died from natural causes. In 2006, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, but was declared cancer-free last November. Um, He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. He is most notably uh, known from working with John Carpenter on They Live uh, great Scream Factory release. Pick that up. I mean, there's a great commentary on him with him on there with him and John. And I've said many times that that's one of my favorite commentaries, and really kind of opened my eyes to Rod, how cool of a person Roddy Piper was. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know Ronda Rousey recently, uh, after he had passed away, uh, kind of dedicated that fight of hers to him because. He actually gave, you know, her name's Rowdy Ronda Rousey, and she got that name from him and asked him for permission when she was coming up through the judo ranks in the Olympics, called him up uh, and asked permission to use that name. Hmm. And of course, he said, yeah, and I thought that was a cool story. Um, Jeremy, I do you want to not s- know that? Do you want to say some stuff? Because I'm sure you know him more than I mm-hmm. do. Not really. I wasn't really into his wrestling years. You know, I really didn't watch much of him, so... Um, you know, I was a little bit before my time. I know, you know, people more towards 
you know, a little bit younger than Moots probably would be more connected with him than me. But how the hell do you die at 61 from natural causes? Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was strange, too, yeah. your diagnosis. Um, yeah. Uh, Piper was actually like my second favorite wrestler. So that was kind of, you know, growing up, um, Heartbreak Kid was always my favorite. But, uh, but Piper was just one of those personalities that you just couldn't ignore. You know, he was just, he was so vibrant and amazing. He was the um, best talker of all time. Easily. That's the He's thing. He's the that, best heel, cool, too. That's the coolest thing about Piper, man, is that he was. But to be honest, he wasn't like the greatest wrestler, but he was so enjoyable to watch because of his personality. He just had a natural you know kind of glow he was just an amazing person but and it really kind of shows on screen and they live too just how awesome he was you know very likable but yeah um, definitely it's, it's a big it, it's a sad loss man you know wrestling <laughs> seems to lose so many people every year it's just terrible but you know he's too young man 61 sad but i always said that piper should have done a lot more movies yeah but this year kind of, this year's been like really bad he legitimately and i'm not just saying this he did a great job acting in they live like i mm-hmm. really believe that he did and and john carpenter even sent out a tweet saying that you know he thought that piper was one of the most underrated actors uh that mm-hmm. you know existed and that he's had a chance to work with yeah well and he wasn't I, good in pro wrestlers versus zombies i could tell you oh well it's not even that it was his performance <laughs> yeah, yeah that's <laughs> That movie sucks, but and I was actually gonna bring up that point too. It's kind of sad that I think that might have been his last film. <laughs> uh, there's another one coming out. Oh, is there? Yeah. But anyways, but anyways, yeah. Piper back in the '80s, he should have had a lot more roles. I don't understand how he was never given more options, or maybe he was and he just turned them down. Who really knows? But it's such a shame that he didn't appear in more films because They Live is a really good performance and mm-hmm. not just saying because he passed away it's actually a really good performance but you know he did a couple other films like action films and stuff and i the, the names escape me right now but um that i thought he was really good in too you know the movies themselves weren't the greatest but it's, it, it, it's a shame man you know but yeah rest in peace to piper man amazing yeah. guy rest in peace so after that we actually have a bit of you know th- this happens every once in a while uh, it happened with films like Hostel and Cabin Fever, and I'm sure it happened more recently than that. But there's a film called Bite that was uh, oh, yeah. at Fantasia International Film Festival. And apparently uh, somebody had two an people. episode there. Two people fainted. One girl yeah. puked. Another hit their head on the stairs uh, at this film. And yeah. it's kind of like made a big splash in the press because anytime something like that happens, you know, ambulance had to be called and stuff. You know, you know what it's going to turn out to be that all those people that had, you know, the puking the and stage. the fainting and stuff. No, no, they probably just diabetic and their and their you know sugar levels were low and they passed out. It's going to be it's going to turn out to be something like that. It's not even a big deal. It's like well, they handed out remember, remember when the ring the ring remake came out in theaters and someone died in the theater. <laughs> like what? I don't know, like a heart attack or some shit. Yeah, like someone actually died in the theater and like, oh yeah, the ring's the scariest movie of all time. It kills people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, no, this person actually had a medical history and just happened to die in the theater watching the ring. 
So, you know, it's probably another one of these cases. They handed out bar bags. That's something that I was about to point out, and that makes me feel like, oh, so these filmmakers might have actually made a really gross movie here because before the movie started and it's, you know, world premiere, they had these bite barf barf bags. You know, obviously a marketing gimmick. But still, you know, it's not if the it, first time they've done that, it, it turns out no. that these people actually Mark of the Devil came with them too. A girl threw up in the theater, so like maybe this movie is something pretty fucking nasty, which just gets me intrigued. Well, of course. I mean, it, it's the greatest ploy ever. You know, this movie makes people sick, literally. You know, that's amazing. I want to see that shit. You know, even if it is puking and and scat porn, I, whatever. I'll watch it. I don't care. <laughs> But you will but watch like, what, what is going on in this eight, film? Nine, what is going on in this film that's making people sick, though? Like, obviously, the people that are going to see these films probably watch a lot of depraved and sick extreme type films. So what exactly is in this film that is separating itself to the point where you're actually physically getting sick? I'm intrigued. I want to see yeah. this. Yeah. And, trust and me, it looks like it has to do with bugs or too. something, which even gets me more excited because I love bug oh, okay. movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's certain shit like that, but puking though. I don't know. I get. I guess we'll have to see. How do you puke on that? But you don't puke on like Solo. That movie almost made me puke. I don't know, man. I I gotta watch it still. I, I got it today. Oh, you're you're <laughs> so, gonna you're gonna puke. Or you're gonna yeah. gag really hard. Yeah, poo does do it for me though. Like I've heard there's a lot of poo in it so oh. and that does kind of get me going a little bit oh. and i have a really bad gag reflex when it comes to i can't pus, wait to hear you talk about pus and poo and pus and poo man oh, i hate pus <laughs> can't wait gross. to hear you talk about that <laughs> okay uh okay so after that um vhs there was gonna be a spinoff film called siren which is based on amateur night which was david bruckner's short who is now directing the new friday the 13th film uh, it began filming last week in Georgia, and it's it's the story where, you know, it's the succubus story. That's becoming a non-found footage uh, spinoff full film itself. So th- that's actually I know happening. you're excited about that. Yeah, it's actually going to premiere on Chiller in 2016. So it oh, might be a Chiller film, like, release. Hmm. Scream Factory. So the Scream Factory is going to pick that garbage up. If they even do Chiller anymore, I'm not even sure if they do now that they have IFC. Yeah, true that, right? So, we'll see. Uh, After that, we have a bit of news on uh, Hellions. It's supposed to debut at the Toronto International Film Festival. And the only reason I scooped this up in the news is because uh, it has some cool-ass fucking pictures. The stills look awesome, very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. So back in March, IFC acquired the rights to the director of Pontypool's new film, Hellions, uh, which takes place on Halloween night in the town of Waterford, the so-called pumpkin capital of the world, hitting, um, hidden among the trick-or-treaters, a group of masked demonic beings roam the town and come upon Dora, a teenager home alone for the night. Caught off from the outside world and under siege in her isolated home, Dora will need to defend both her body and soul from the relentless evil being known as Hellions. Fuck yeah, that sounds badass. So it it sounds like a really fancy home invasion film. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but can you picture a dark, uh, foggy 
Halloween night and people. No, I like it, man. Actually, when you were giving a description, it kind of gave me goosebumps a little bit. I'm like, these, I can just picture these little demonic creatures dressed up in costumes where no one can tell what they are. You know, that's kind of a cool premise. You know, Halloween, it gives them the perfect opportunity just to walk around in the streets Mm -hmm. and then go and fuck with someone in their house or do whatever they're going to do. I'm sure there's a, you know, plot. There is a plot. (laughs) No, (laughs) but uh, no, that sounds cool, man. That really does sound cool. Yeah, and you know what? It's the it's a teenager, right? Like it's a it's a small. Uh, I it actually looks like a younger girl in the stills. So, well, I got to say, man, what was the name of this movie again? Hellions. Yes, and it comes out Hellions. September tenth and twentieth in the Toronto International Film Fest. So I guess it's not really gonna hit us for another year, probably. Oh yeah, at okay. least. Yeah. So Hellions. I think this movie. It sounds like it would be a really good match or a pair up with the movie Mischief Night from. I believe it was last year, or the year before. It's a Halloween themed film, basically with a really weird. It, it, it's like the setup is a home invasion type film. Um, I, I'm not sure if I talked about it on the podcast, but it, it's like your. It seems like it's going to be your typical type home invasion Halloween type film, but it's got like a major twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. It actually kind of caught me off guard because I didn't really know anything going into it. But I think that film right there in this one would be like a good complimentary piece, you know, a good double feature by the sounds of it anyways. But yeah, yeah, that's I just, just what I wanted to say about that. It just kind of reminded me of that one that it was it's one of those films I've never heard really anybody talk about before. And it's really good. And if you like Halloween themed films, check out Mischief Night. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say is I just love the idea of like films set on Halloween. Like you, you have so much atmosphere you can create by setting a film on Halloween. And I'm an atmosphere junkie. Like that's that's probably if a film can have good atmosphere, then it really does like pretty much can make any film good if it has uh-huh. good atmosphere. I agree. As I sit here staring at my Gates of Hell trilogy posters, <laughs> I'm thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> so yeah. after that, we have a date finally for The Dark Tower, which is going to be like this long rumored Stephen King adaptation. Sony Pictures went and set a date for January 13th of 2017, which means that they would probably have to start production very soon on it to make that date because these films are supposed to be huge. Yeah. Um, that is literally all the news with that, though, is they set a date. Which doesn't mean shit. Doesn't mean 2017? Shit. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have another date set. Uh, uh, FX announces the October 7th premiere date for American Horror Story Hotel. So the fifth season, I believe. This could be cool. Seriously? Seriously? It took them five seasons to set it in a hotel? Yeah, I like that's what's so cool about him is like the setting of each one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so- yeah, I, I really got to get into this show, man. Like we talk about this so much and, and like I always joke about it. They're probably going to do like eight or nine seasons and uh, they'll finish the show and then we'll watch I'll start it. season one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, hotel, that's that's cool, man. Right, that's a cool setting. Yeah, uh, this is a little bit of DVD news that I just seen pop up. Uh, I know it's been announced already, but the uh, Bram Stoker Dracula is getting a 4K Blu-ray treatment in the newly announced line from Sony called the Supreme Cinema Series, which is going to, I guess, take some of the titles in Sony's 
uh, archive and give them like super Blu-ray transfers, 4K uh, transfers and uh, commentaries and booklets and stuff like that. So Sony, Sony owns a lot of films. So mm-hmm. yeah, but too bad you have to have a 4K TV to watch those. So really, I didn't yeah. Know if it's 4K, you have to have a 4K TV. Like they won't even play at all. No. Well, wasn't this Madman? And you have to have a 4K transfer. There's a 4K Blu-ray player too. You have to have. Oh, so it's like this whole fucking yeah. it's not 3D gimmick thing. Are you, you serious? Know, to I'm watch not, 3D, I'm you have positive. to have a 3D TV, 3D Blue player. Oh my god! You have to have a special blu- a 4K Blu-ray player. Really? That's, fuck, yeah. that's fucked up, man. There's just no way. I mean, can you get 4K all region players? Because <laughs> it says <laughs> that, that thing's useless to me. It says it's going to be on Blu-ray and digital HD combo pack. Mm-hmm. And so digital. Do you like is there digital 4K players like your I'm just telling you they're 4K discs you need a 4K Blu-ray player to play them and can you name one can I name so but if you're just watching on a normal okay you know, uh, Ghostbusters 1080p. came out a few months ago in 4K and you have to have a 4K Blu-ray player to play it really yes that's terrible why is this something that I haven't heard about. Okay, I'm confused because like which Ghostbusters uh, release? Like 4K Ultra Blu-rays will land on store shelves by Christmas. If you're hoping for a 4K, I guess they're even not even out yet. If you're hoping for a 4K Blu-ray player upgrade to show off a swank, oh that's shitty writing. A swank new 4K television Christmas 2015 should be the highlight of the year. According to Victor Manduya, the Blu-ray Disc Association Global Promotions Committee Chair, 4K Blu-ray Disc will be available for the holiday season along with a BV of new technologies and additional features. In addition to supporting 4K resolutions, the new discs include support for multiple types of high dynamic range lighting and a new digital bridge feature. The digital bridge feature is the physical media's world's method of offering the kind of digital convenience that streaming services sell blah 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 to buy or not to buy the big question of course is whether or not blu-ray uhd is going to find much of a market where 720 and 1080p movies hit retail shelves nearly 10 years ago they were an immediate and obvious upgrade over dvds just as dvds have been a huge upgrade over vhs with 4K, the difference becomes more subtitle, and the advantage depends more on the quality of the encode and the size of the TV you'll be watching. If you have a 32-inch 1080p screen, you may not notice much improvement from 4K output. If you plan to install an 80-inch 4K monstrosity TV, on the other hand, 4K will be a huge upgrade, even compared and even compared with upscaled 1080p. Blu-ray so is, UHD will be popular with users who have limited bandwidth, low-speed connections, or who will simply want to enjoy the absolute best screen quality, but the standard may be slow to percolate, especially since video-on-demand services like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime has likely sopped up at least some of the potential customer base. Studios who rush to market with the same handful of remastered titles that they previously offered on 1080p may find viewers less interested this time around. Upgrading from Old an old VHS to 1080p version of a movie, it was w- worth calling it a remastered edition, but the 1080p to 4K jump is going to be much smaller as far as the objective follow- final quality of the film. So, so this hmm. Madman release is a 4K transfer. Mm-hmm. 
So and it's expected that new players will retain the option to play 1080p Blu-ray discs, just as modern Blu-ray players could still handle DVDs without a problem. There's no plan for a 3D standard for media players this time around because there's no native 4K 3D content. The shift to 10-bit color, however, should play dividends. It's not going to do good. No way. So, yeah. So, yeah, this transfers in 4K, but it's on a 1080p disc. I guess that yeah, plays guess in these. So. It plays on these standard yeah. Blu-ray players and DVD players that are Blu-ray players that we have. So what the spectrum is here is that they're releasing 4K discs yeah. that have to be played in special players. And yeah, the, and then the you base and, and basically the ob- objectivity here is okay. So you buy these 4K discs, which I'm never going to upgrade to 4K. That's fucking yeah. stupid because you got to buy a Blu-ray player specifically for but that. Don't disc. say never. But then. But no, but then again, this is a, this is a really, really big upgrade because like Jeremy said in there, he goes, it, it all depends on the size of your TV too. So if you're watching on like a 32 or 52 or basically you're going to notice a big difference in an 80 inch. Who the fuck can put an 80 inch? Like who has yeah. the room for that? I mean, dude, I have a 52 down here. And I mean, is, is it, is it going to be noticeable for me? If I hook up a 4K player and put a 4 play, uh, 4K disc in there, am I going to notice a big difference on my 52 or does it have to be a 60 to an 82 inch you, TV? That's a big fucking, that's, this is a lot of money. Yeah, I think this you need to have like a fucking big, thinking here. I think you yeah, have to have like a brand new always, big TV. Though. That's always I mean, when this, new this technology TV, this, t- hits. this Samsung that I have down here is like, it's fucking, awesome but But i mean really it's 52 inches blu-rays though right like you had to really upgrade a lot of stuff when blu-rays first came out but as time goes on it becomes more affordable now anybody can literally afford a blu-ray player and a uh, flat screen you know 1080p tv uh so yeah obviously but some of these these 80 inch tvs are going for like four thousand dollars right i mean if you're talking 4k tvs too Dude, it, I mean, you're upgrading not you only the, not only the media TV. disc, yeah, the fucking Blu-ray player well, and the TV. Like, we didn't really have to do that with DVD and Blu-ray. I mean, essentially, you, you did. You re- I don't think you remember when Blu-ray first came out, dude. The Blu-rays were thirty dollars a piece, and Blu-ray of players. Of course, I remember were when they first came out. Ridiculous. Like, I couldn't afford it any way in hell. I could afford a Blu-ray. Dude, I remember when D- I remember when DVDs first came out, man. I remember seeing DVDs going for forty and fifty dollars a piece. But this is normal. This is normal when a new technology comes out. The problem with this one is it's not that it's not enough different to take off. So what I think will happen is no. I'm just saying when when DVD came out though, you could you know you pop it into your say your PlayStation or whatever if it played it. But you know you can at least hook that up to your normal fucking tube TV. You know, now you can't do that with this, man. You got to upgrade every fucking thing. Yeah, that's but when just, I had, just a big difference. When I went from Blu-ray to DVD, from DVD to Blu-ray, I had the regular old TV still, so I had to get a new TV too. Mm-hmm. And I I upgraded way. But the point that. is, the point is, you could still watch those on there. You just wanted that better quality. The point is, if you have to buy, you know, a specific TV to play these specific discs on the specific player, mm-hmm. that's all specific, right? Yeah, like. Well, like I'm saying, like you can still watch a Blu-ray player on a fucking on a tube TV, right? Can you? you? Can. Yeah. Yeah. Does you it totally have an can. HDMI port? There's composite on the back of Blu-ray player. Dude, you can still hook them up through. Yeah. Okay, but right? how do we know we can't do that on these new ones? Because they're 4K. Well, I'm assuming the technology only yeah. works through those cables. Which, if we the disc is HDMI only playing on a 4K player which only plays on a 4k tv which is going to give you that back see i can't imagine but, you not being able to see it visually on well i not, don't think they you know, said like that though, did they 
about why see that's where i'm confused because i'm confused i understand the fact or the technology of the four disc uh disc only playing on a 4k blu-ray player but i can't imagine it not being able to play like on a 1080p tv i don't think they're right i think it would just i I think it would just scale it down yeah that's what i think that's what jeremy originally said but i was kind of going well it doesn't really make a lot of sense i mean i understand if you want the full spectrum of it the 4k tv is probably the ideal way to go right so if you want the big you know the whole package it's that's a lot of fucking money man Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a big upgrade it's a big big it's not even worth thinking about yet because it's too new it's too new to even think about it yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I don't think 4K is going to catch on. No, it's not. I just and don't think people are willing to do this, man. Because I mean, we've already I people mean, have not us, even man. caught on the DHS, Blu-ray, DVD, yet, Blu-ray. I know, and that's that's exactly what I was just going to suggest. I don't even think Blu-ray is even as big as people think. Like no, sometimes, it's not. Like, it's, you know, like no, there's a lot of people that still buy DVDs like they're fucking, you know, like they're the only technology right now, you know. And so that's kind of the point I'm getting at is that. People don't really give a shit about Blu-ray that much. Yeah. Just look at any Walmart so. in the country. There's so many more DVDs than there are Blu-rays. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, but I, I mean, do think this that is coming this... from a major collector's perspective, too. Like, I, I personally like Blu-ray, you know, and, and I'm the type of person that can notice differences. I mean, like, you guys can, too. But, you know, for the average person, who cares? What, what, like, what, what are they going to do? Are they going to spend the $14 on the DVD or the 20 on the Blu-ray? Well, I'll tell They're you right now. with the DVD, man. It's the price too. They don't give a shit about the fucking little big picture quality. Nah, it, it no. They okay, don't. so this this back to the Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. It oh, is, is that what we were talking about? I think it is a Blu-ray. <laughs> or like it, Keanu Reeves. This is a Blu-ray disc that's coming out. Like yeah. it's going to be a it's a 4K transfer. But yeah, but it's, it's not. A, it's a 4K transfer, but it's not a 4K disc. Yeah, which because I never said it was. Aren't out yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what we got. Uh, but it looks like a cool addition. I mean, I don't. I've never even seen that film, but that just gives me hope that Sony might actually dip into their fucking catalog, like they are with uh, Christine. Yeah, dude, man. Whew. And reasonably priced too. I saw the pre-orders for Christine. And it's like twelve bucks. Yeah, really, it's like eighteen here. <laughs> oh, really? I think it was twelve ninety nine on .ca, and I'm like, damn, Sony big ups man what they're doing they're just oh yeah that's for <laughs> all you fuckers who bought into twilight times bullshit just saying yeah exactly everyone's got to have those that twilight times gonna and be then next thing is coming why Friday night's coming why up, i don't yeah. know because it's limited and people like that i'm not yeah. saying it's is better. it numbered no nah, they're gonna flood the market with sony's gonna flood the market yeah man, that release will be selling nobody cares about twilight times. the other one because they're not different enough if they were a little bit more different they, like different cover art and stuff like that then yeah but they're the same the problem is the problem is for me with limited items, it's you know it, well, it people see the word the limited, back. and so they so they exactly so they buy these limited items. But my biggest issue with limited items is the fact that these companies don't actually number them, which to me is a little shady. You know how do we fucking know that they only produce three thousand of these? We don't. Yeah, we don't know for a fact. There's no fact stating if these are hand numbered, like a lot of independent artists, artists, um, you know, directors and stuff do. You know, say Dustin Mills, for instance, limits the shit to he fifty Blu-rays, and they're hand numbered. That's my point, and it doesn't seem shady. Then it's like they're hand numbered, right? That's the only Twilight uh, Times release I have, anyway. Well, yeah, besides well, used cars, but we see we see that from time to time. Though we see companies do number them, and we see companies don't. And uh, I feel I like I love the numbering thing. You know, I don't really care if I get a lower high number. I just like to see the number. 
you know, I think that's very, very cool. And it, it's kind of a nice touch. You know, this I, thing's limited to 10,000 and you got a number and it's like, you kind of feel special at that point. Yeah, when that's you just mine. see limited edition, yeah. you go, cool, man. What's it limited to? Um, yeah, man. Like, I mean, back in the day, Anchor Bay used to limit their limited editions. There was a few that were a hundred thousand. <laughs> That's unheard of nowadays. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, like, uh, uh, Funny. What's the hell? Electric Manhunter? <laughs> exactly. Right. There's like Suspiria. The first one was like 80 or 50,000. Well, that, like, 50, that Friday the 13th box set I have is limited to 50,000. Really? Yeah. It's numbered it, too. See, that's cool, man. See, I like the numbers. Yeah, but yeah, I'm with you too. I feel like if you're going to limit something, it's it's necessary to number it. It's You don't actually have to, but I think as collectors, we all prefer no, no, no. what they do. It, it's totally you know acceptable if you don't. But at the same time, I just wish they would because – you know, it just kind of gives you that. Yeah, and it pissed me off. My father's data and self satisfaction. You got it. something. It's more of like a self satisfaction thing. You're like, I actually got something that's you know limited. You know, like it just doesn't say. See, there you go. Yeah. See, a father's but mine day. didn't have a fucking sticker on it. I got robbed. I don't know what nine number is. That pissed me <laughs> off. I got. I was like, yeah, this is limited. I can't wait to see what number I got. And there's somebody no fucking, fucking peeled sticker. it. A fucking that's... bitch. <laughs> All right. So, so moving on, we're not even like one tenth of the way through the news, so we gotta get going. Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street is being remade again, apparently. Well, kind of, not really. There's not much <clears throat> information on it, except for New Line has announced that they are doing a, they are, re- what did, what is the actual word that they used? Um, the actual word that they used was reboot, I believe. They are rebooting. Some, some word the, starting with re? Yeah, they are rebooting the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise again. So to me, that doesn't necessarily, s- 100% mean that they're remaking it again. Yeah, but that also means that it's not going to be like a sequel. Do like you, what, if, if it's going to be a sequel, just use the word sequel. Do we want a sequel? Right? Well, I mean, it's better than fucking retelling the original story for a third time. I mean, <laughs> fuck. Fourth. Like, fourth, fuck, whatever. <laughs> my, my, point, my point is, yeah, exactly. My point is, I mean, when you use the word reboot, just Come on, man. We got to get more specific here. That just screams retelling right there. You know, I mean, that's kind of the fancy word that people use today to not to avoid the word remake. Remake is a cringeworthy word that people don't want to hear. So they fancitize it and use reboot, recalibrate, re The problem you. is the problem is sometimes they actually do just mean like reboot, though. Like we just want to. Hey, this series has been not doing anything for a while. We want to give it. A, we want to like oh, bring it God, back. I'll reboot. Fuck the shit out of you, Jesus. <laughs> but no. So I'm, I'm just what so I'm tired hoping, of, I, But you know what I'm saying, though. Like I would just. I mean, honestly, I hated. Everybody knows my distaste for the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I think it's a piece of shit. It's terrible. And but you know, if you want to make a sequel to, I'd be I'd be more up for a sequel than you know the word reboot. Just use the goddamn word sequel. <laughs> Well, listen, I'm going to come out and say this right now. I have a feeling that this is going to be exactly what happened with Halloween, right? When Halloween came out, they said, we're going to, we're going to bring it, we're going to recalibrate Halloween. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And we all just, you know, bash it like, oh, they're just making another word for remake and stuff. And then when the details actually came out, when the details actually came out, we found out that it's actually going to take place in the timeline of the original two films. So I'm feeling that hopefully this is what happens with the Elm Street f- remake re- or reboot 
is they're, they're going to come out and be like, well, yeah, we're rebooting the franchise, but what we meant was we're, you know, making this weird pseudo-sequel thing, which is tends yeah. to be the trend right now, right? It's like, well, we're going to make mean, sequels yeah. to none of our remakes. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, you know, recalibrate. So maybe, maybe they're making, they're kind of ingesting another film into the original franchise. That is was that my initial possibly, hopes, but then again, see when I hear the word recalibrate, see I kind of associate it with, like you use the example of Halloween. You know, the new Halloween film, it's a recalibration, which they're they're kind of just stuffing it into you know taking place after part two, I believe. Is that mm-hmm. what they're doing? Right, so it's going right there. Yeah. So yeah, recalibrate. I understand recalibrate into the franchise. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Um, so I don't, I don't know. You know, that's just the way. I, that's the way I take it. But I, I'm honest to God, I'm getting tired of these rewords, man. Yeah, so I, and I think we all are. Because nobody retiring. understands in f- like fully what they mean, except for remake. Mm-hmm. Remake means you're taking that original movie and you're remaking it. Um, reboot, beat around the bush, recalibrate, <laughs> use your discretion. <laughs> you know, it's like reimagining. Reimagining is another thing. It, reimagining to me. They're all like reimaginings. Really all of them are. It's a really fancy word for remake, essentially. Because so is reboot. Reboot is literally yeah. the same thing as well. You know how many, t- how many conversations on the podcast have we had about re? Too many. I, I, it's ridiculous. But I think so, we're recalibrating our old conversations. Oh, my God. This <laughs> we're, no, we're rebooting we our conversations. We just super meta right now. <laughs> uh, so so fucking, uh, the, the thing is – that it's so early right now that we don't know any, that, that they don't even know anything about it. So that they're just saying, well, instead of saying we're making another one, let's just say we're rebooting the franchise. You know what I mean? So we'll find out more once they know that the problem is, is with the Halloween franchise, like we said, they're stuffing one in between like two and, and H2O or whatever. Yeah. And that's yeah, happened with kind of gives it kind of gives it a little bit of meaning to the word then. So if we can associate the word recalibration with stuffing it into something, then at least I'm associating that word with something. Yeah, that's, that's my whole point of these these words like re something. We don't really know exactly where they're supposed to go and, and what they mean. Yeah. So we have to wait for details essentially. Yeah. Or else we have is... nothing. We can't just associate anything with 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 nothing. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, so basically, what I was saying though was. Because we were able to stuff one – we've done that a few times with the Halloween franchise, right? Like uh, H2O was like stuffed after one and two and ignored uh, five, six, four, five, and six. Um, and we've done that with the Chainsaw films and we've done that mm-hmm. with uh, – but we've never done that with Elm Street. So I don't know how it would really work. Are you going to stuff it in between one and three? No, because those characters – they're not going to bring back those characters because that's what was special about – the Elm Street films was those characters. Now, the only other thing that I can think of is what is Wes Craven's new nightmare? That is not a sequel. It's not. That is a reboot. Or reimagining. <laughs> I think it's more of a reimagining. I, I don't even know what you call that. Yeah, but it's not, it a, takes place it's in not real... a sequel in the traditional sense of a follow-up story. Yeah. So there is room to mess around in the Elm Street franchise. You can make another Freddy movie and it not be a remake because that's what that was. It was another mm-hmm. Elm Street movie, but it wasn't a sequel. It wasn't a remake. It was just another Freddy movie. 
I think that's an interesting example because it, it solely sticks out by itself because of, you know, the premise of the film. It's taking place in real life. So, I don't know. It's weird. It's like a It's spin-off. really weird when you think. It is. It's almost like it is, man, but it isn't. It's weird. I don't even know how to. Because you're referencing, you are referencing the original film. But yeah. you're, oh, fuck. That, that's a brain fuck right there. But yeah, that, I that mean. That is a brain fuck. <laughs> but so if there's room for something like that, where we get another Freddy film, then I'm down. I do not want to see mm-hmm. another origin story. I Maybe a prequel could be okay. But then again, that's sort of in like the origins again. But I don't know. I, I don't really know how I feel about that. I don't want to see. I, if anything, if 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 this is a reboot, if it's actually going to be a reboot, then reboot Dream Warriors because then it'll at least be a sequel to the to the remake as well. <laughs> yeah, true that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk more about that as it happens. But Freddy is coming back. I'm not sure how I feel about this. They could even get some new music from Dawkins and everything. Oh, yeah. You know, Dawkins still rocking. <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> I'm a poet and I know it. I, it was terrible. Um, terrible. There's my Pee Wee reference of the day. Okay, so uh, a bit of amazing news. Holliston is returning for 2016. God. Adam Green, Joe Lentz announced on their Movie Crypt podcast, which is one of the best horror podcasts, by the way, that they will be partnering with Geek Nation, which actually hosts their podcast, and they will air 10 episodes for season three on the Geek Nation Digital Network, no word if we're gonna have to pay for them, or if they're gonna be ad, if they're gonna be you know with ads, if it's gonna be all at once, if it's gonna be weekly, uh, we don't really know, but we know it's coming back, and that's what's important. Yeah, that's really really good news. I mean, the sad thing is, you know, thinking of season three, there's gonna be no Odorous Urungus there, so I wonder what they're gonna do with um, with Adam's character, like if if they're still gonna you know have him you know talk to his imaginary friends if they're just going to cut that read out or just replace the actual physical person into that character i don't know what i think they're going to do is they're going to give like a good send-off because adam has talked about this many times where he it has to be right it can't be just like you know oh like nothing happened or you know it like he he needs it to be something special because of him and dave brocky being such good friends and how dave how much dave cared about that character uh, in the show, he wants it to be yeah. something. So I'm sure wh- whatever it is, Adam Green is like a maniac when it comes to like OCDness. So I'm sure he's been thinking about it ever since, and he probably has come up with an idea by now. But I'm super fucking pumped for that, dude. Uh, me too, man. It's awesome. Such a such a underappreciated show, man. Yeah, and it I might be how, like how many people don't talk about it. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and it might be able to find a better audience now too because it'll be like on the internet and available for everybody instead of fear net exactly exactly yeah so after that we have fox they announced that they're going to be airing a special scream queens preview uh this is the story that follows uh a group of sorority chicks exactly 20 years after a mysterious tragedy a devil clad killer begins to target the sisters of the Kappa house of course this is the one that stars jamie lee curtis supercharged horror comedy series and it is a modern take on a classic whodunit with a killer cast with at least one casualty each week until the mystery is solved anybody could be next uh victim or the murderer so yeah we talked a little bit about that but uh, Mm -hmm. 
it's obviously going to be like a satire or a parody of slasher films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fox is airing a special preview on August 15th, so that's next week. It'd be kind of cool if it was a serious series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, right away, it's satire. I'm just thinking, uh, okay. Scream. This has been kind of done mm-hmm. to death, so. It's being done right now. Yeah, Scream right on now. MTV. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Ah. Terrible timing. Yeah, I'm with you. It's not something that I'm going to run out and seek. Like, this is something no. that when it runs its course, I'll wait till I can find for like 10 bucks on DVD. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then pat wait, sit on it for another five years <laughs> in my collection. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Rob Zombie teases potential Lords of Salem sequel. This is nonsense. So many websites are reporting on it on as like, like news. Zombie announces his next film, Lords of Salem sequel, and it's clearly not. Yeah. All as Rob said was on Facebook. He confirmed that the film was very successful, saying that Lords was actually his most successful film that he's had on DVD, and so technically another one could really? be done for sure. That's what he said. Yeah, I'm really surprised that it was. I'm I'm surprised it was more successful than Halloween, but interesting. Yeah, that is a little surprising. Yeah, but then you think about it, where like that was the only way to see it, so. It kind of makes a little bit more sense. Well, I mean, it did have a little bit of film festival action, but yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, though. Uh, so, you know, I, I I doubt there will be a sequel to Lords of Salem, but, you know. It, it'd be an interesting choice, could you know, for him to one, make a sequel to... I know, it, it's kind of weird. I just never expected ever that he would do something like that. I mean, which, I, I mean, I highly doubt he's going to make a sequel to that, so... I don't know. Yeah. So after that, uh, Tales of Halloween, the anthology that we've talked about many times on the podcast, has finally got a release date. Tales of Halloween will open in limited theaters and on VOD platforms October 16th, 2015. Uh, The world premiere just happened at Fantasia Film Fest, and it actually got some pretty positive reviews from that festival. Uh, That's good. The 10 shorts take place in a small American town who... Uh, is terrorized by ghouls, aliens, and killers on one Halloween night. Of course, directed uh, by 10, I believe, different directors. Darren Lynn Bowsman from Saw 2, 3, and 4. Uh, you have uh, the guy who directed the Night of the Demons remake. Uh, the guy who directed Never Sleep Again, the Elm Street Legacy. Neil Marshall from The Descent. Lucky McKee from All Cheerleaders Die and the Woman. Mike Mendez from Big Ass Spider. Dave Parker from The Hills Run Red. Uh, and a couple other people, Paul Sullivan from Grace, of course, and it you know stars like people like Lynn Shay, and I think there's cameos by like Mick Garris and uh, John Joe Dante, John Landis, Stuart Gordon, Adrian Barbeau, Adam Green. Like I mean, this shit is by horror fans for horror fans, and we'll get a chance to see it on VOD October sixteenth. Hmm. It sound it sounds so inviting. It really does. Yeah, it's just that's cool, man. Really, really cool. Definitely. After that, Joe Dante's Burying the X gets a release date. Image Entertainment brings you Burying the X to home video, directed by Joe Dante, available August fourth on DVD, two thousand fifteen. That's right. I think, I think I've actually been hearing pretty good things about this. I was uh, like, I, I three read days one, late, JP. Yeah, 
I'm I, aware. I read one I read one quote and it just it totally turned me off and it was like it had something it was comparing it to something and um warm bodies and I was like oh, oh <laughs> I was like you've got to be fucking kidding me man but I understand the warm body comparison though because it, it's obviously something to do with like you know a love story and stuff but yeah. apparently this one's actually pretty good so I'm I'm intrigued Joe Dante making a return to you know, comedy making a return to com- comedy yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's got horror themed it's horror themed come on zombies and yeah whatever I mean I'll probably check it out I'm intrigued actually so Okay. You know, I hated warm oh, bodies. You can pick it up a now. passion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can pick it up a couple days ago. No, couple days. I know you can, and it's <laughs> fucking over. It's like they want like eighteen bucks for it. I'm like, no, never. Family <laughs> video pickup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So after that, this is another one of those like taken out of context things. Uh, Bruce Campbell was asked a question, and he joked that. Uh, Ash versus Evil Dead will force us to make more movies. That's only 10 hours of program. We need eight more movies. Making a fourth movie would work. No matter what we give them, it'll never be enough. And, of course, people ran with it, said Bruce Campbell will be doing more Evil Dead films. When really he just kind of, <laughs> you know, was like, hey. I, I do give Bloody Dic- Disgusting credit because they always kind of – I wouldn't say always, but at least in these instances, they, uh, you know – really did title the the articles correctly like they titled it bruce campbell says more evil dead films may Flash happen may happen exactly mm-hmm. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. same thing with your christine blu-ray which i was right about exactly but you weren't when we wrote it i was right about it when we wrote it i just didn't know for sure but exactly i, I didn't have know. i didn't have undeniable proof is what i'm saying so after that, we have a return of the After Dark Horror Fest. Another eight films to die for are on their yeah. way. How cool is that? But this time, it's not Lionsgate. It is 20th Century Fox, who is partnering up with whoever created the original eight films to die for. And now they're going to launch another uh, After Dark Horror Fest. How cool is that? The first film is titled Rekill, and it's a zombie epidemic directed by the guy who directed Wrong Turn 6. Oh, that's interesting because Rekill was one of the films that came out in uh, what was supposed to be released in the first, what was it, the After Dark, what was the second line? The After Dark Dark Originals? Yeah. After Dark Originals. So the first, I guess, season, quote, end quote, I don't really know what you want to call it, but they did them in bunches, right? So there was eight films that were part of that first After Dark Originals, and uh, only seven of them got released. Oh, no, no, no. So then you're actually talking about the original series of the After Darks then. Like the original yeah. hor- Horror Fest. No, not the original Horror Fest. Not like the actual festivals. Like, you know how there was four of those? Yeah. Right? They were like actual bonafide festivals. And then they quit that festival. And yeah. then they started with those original line. Yeah. And they were actually marked at like After Dark Originals. And anyways, the first line or the first season of them had eight films that were announced. And one of them was Rekill. It never got released on DVD. So there was only ever seven DVDs released from that first season quote, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, and then, then they, they abandoned the second batch quickly. Of them. And they didn't really well, yeah, there was list. It was just we'll put them out as like a label. Yeah. I think they did them as two seasons and the, like kind of the end of the season or whatever the fuck it was. And it just kind of ended, but yeah, rekill was announced. Like it was a few years back. Yeah. So that's cool. So that's that that's cool that it's movie? actually coming out. Yeah. They yeah, did I mean, say that it was initially supposed to be 
like a a release a while ago so yeah yeah. maybe he made it before wrong turn six maybe maybe yeah Hmm. uh but there is a trailer out for that as well so that was the first film that was announced and they announced that there was another eight films to die for which was really cool because even though like a lot of those films are bad that first series was really fun and this you know the second series had its hits and you know the, the, it has its play. Like a lot of good films it came does, from that man. series. Yeah. It really does. Frontiers, man. Like, man. I, you know, I I, wrote, I I actually reviewed every single film in there, and the first couple seasons were really good. The third season is definitely the weakest, but there's there's gems in all the seasons, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There really is, and it kind of gets a bad rap for man. Those films aren't that great. Aren't that great? But you know, I, I would just like people to judge if they've seen all the films because there is a couple films in there that you wouldn't even think are that great, and Grave Grave Dancers is one. Like I remember when I first got that one, I was like, oh, "Fuck!" I was looking at the cover, going, "This is gonna be shit." Fucking so much fun! Such yeah. a great, it's got great '80s effects, and it's just one of those things that just kind of stuck out to me. And you know, uh, I don't know, Mulberry Street is another great one. I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. But so I'm really Nightmare excited Man. for this. I think this is great. I hope they do it for another six years. You know, mm-hmm. it's cool collecting those lines as well. I, I like. I like different lines of uh, films. So the second film they announced was Murder in the Dark. This one is the second film. Uh, It just got announced after Rekill when a group of young people camping in the ruins of a medieval Turkish town play a party game called Murder in the Dark. They soon discover that someone is taking the game too far. This one has a cool little uh, picture as well, or a little uh, poster for the film as well. Uh, this is going to be released in the theaters October 16th um, as part of the tw- the uh, eight films to die for. Hmm. So after that, The Wicked Within becomes the third film in the After Dark Horror Fest. The Wicked Within is a classic horror possession story with relatable characters and nightmares that linger. So they have announced three so far, but that's all they have announced in the eight. Cool. After that, Scream finally gets greenlit for a second season. It was prematurely announced at the San Diego Comic Con, but now it is official. Uh, I have actually fallen off. I've only I watched the first three episodes, I believe, and the third one was my favorite, and then I stopped watching. So, <laughs> of course, <laughs> funny how that works. <laughs> but apparently, the numbers awesome. are okay. Uh, pre-production has begun on the conjuring to the enfield poltergeist james wan is now uh starting pre-production and hopefully the film will hit theaters june 10th 2016 that's a fast Hmm. turnaround cool sci-fi is making a grindhouse series called blood drive sci-fi the cable network has greenlit blood drive a high octane over-the-top scripted series in the classic grindhouse movie tradition set in a near apocalyptic future the 13 episode Mm. series centers around la's last good cop who is forced to join a twisted gory cross-country death race with cars powered by blood and a dangerous femme fatale partner who sees people as fuel the highly stylized roller coaster ride is a throwback to 1970s grindhouse cinema said the president of the sci-fi and chiller network with its fast-paced thrills and indie film blood drive will make an exciting edgy addition to sci-fi's growing slate of original script series the grindhouse cinema style remains largely untapped in the television world 
the combination of gritty action and dark humor can push the envelopes in some fun and unexpected ways. Actually, sounds pretty yeah, all sounds right awesome. from sci-fi, which oh, is soon, ridiculous. As soon as I heard post-apocalyptic, I, yeah. it got my attention. I was like, ah, oh, that's awesome. I hope that they put some money into it so it doesn't look like Asshole. shit. Well, because both post-apocalyptic films sometimes, if they're really, really low budget sometimes, they're just like... Crappy. Oh, it's not that great, but yeah. you know, a little bit of money in there, yeah, fuck. It's going to be really good. Yeah. After sounds, that, sounds sounds pretty cool, man. Did you said like highly stylized? Yeah, and Grindhouse. It's like that's so strange to put yeah. together. Well, no, it's not really. <laughs> if you take the like, maybe they mean like the Grindhouse filter, like because that's like yeah. stylized. You know what I mean? I, I guess, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. after that, they're remaking Nosferatu again. Again, uh, yeah, they're remaking again. the 1922 vampire pick Nosferatu. Uh, the director is Robert Eagers, who will be writing and directing. Eagers actually has had a big hit that happened at Sundale, Sun, Sundance called The Witch that got a lot of really popular, rev- uh, you know, Praise. positive reviews. Yeah. Hmm. I don't really know how I feel about this because, I mean, is it necessary? Like, no, it's not necessary, but. And could it be it as good as Hurt Socks, though, man? It's a th- like th- it doesn't really fancy my pickles too much, man. I don't know. <laughs> fucking herd socks. Fucking top I've only films. seen the 1922 version. Oh man, you have herd socks is good, man. It's in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. I'll check awesome. it out. I do yeah. own it. After that, we have Chiller announcing a new TV series called Slasher. I mean, dude, every week it's yeah. TV horror shows. It's crazy. I know, man. Chiller, it's the new reality show, man. Yeah. <laughs> Chiller announced casting to start production for Slasher, an eight-episode, one-hour psychological thriller steer- series. Slasher will be filmed in Ontario uh, October 2015 with an eye towards 2016 premiere. A young woman who returns to a small town where she was born only to find herself the centerpiece in a series of horrifying copycat murders based on the widely known grisly killings of her parents. Murders escalate, long bird secrets are revealed, making everyone around her a suspect or a victim. With Slasher, uh, the series is a fusion of some of my favorite thriller genres, the classic slasher film, the contemporary murder mystery, and the timeless works of my favorite crime Films the uh, writer was on record saying. Huh. So this it's actually called Slasher? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they thought about the title. You know, you know. in great depth. <laughs> like <laughs> Slasher? Really? I mean, really. I mean, I mean, it's kind of good and bad. It, it sounds like they didn't really put a lot of thought into it or they did put a lot of thought into it. Because when you hear the word Slasher, you're just like, Slasher? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can't forget it. You know, so it kind of works, I guess. But I don't know, man. It sounds kind of complicated. I mean, I'm not going to judge before I see it, which I probably won't see it until it's done. So, <laughs> Yeah, in five years after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Friday the 13th writer, who is named Nick Antosca, who is the screenwriter on the now-canceled Hannibal show, uh, said that he did turn in his draft for the new Friday 13th film. Of course, that will be directed by David Bruckner and will be the 13th of the Friday the 13th film. So one step closer. 
13th in the Friday the 13th series. Big honors, man. Big honors. You better yeah, not they're gonna fuck, fuck it up. It up. <laughs> you know what? After there was all this... this speculation stuff, it's gonna be found fucking footage, isn't it? it it's so... still, they're just gonna do it. They're just no. gonna be like, no, it's not. It. No, it's not. No, it's not. And, and then we all get in the seats. Found we all get in the seats, and it's fucking found footage. Even the trailer's not found footage, and then just boom. It's... No, it's gonna be the first found footage 3D film. <laughs> so oh, what a fucking mess! That I think like. there already is one of those, by the way. But uh, is there really? I think so. Yeah. So there's actually I was listening to a podcast and AJ Bone was on it, and him and David Bruckner, are obviously friends from VHS and other things, and AJ Bone is a really big fan of Friday Thirteenth Part Six. And he told a story of when he found out that uh, David Bruckner was going to be directing, and he was he said that he went and seen David Bruckner, and he was like, "If you fuck this up, I'll kill you." (laughs) (laughs) At least he's honest. (laughs) So I feel like David Bruckner is going to try really hard to appeal to the fans of the original series, which is good signs. Fuck. Awesome. So after that, uh, Synapse announced that they were doing an HD treatment for the film Massacre at Central High. I know nothing about this. Yeah, me neither. Massacre at Central High? Yeah. Um, yeah, sounds familiar. I can't place it, though. Well, Is it Synapse a TV film? Placing it. I have no idea. Yeah, no, I'm trying to remember if that's... I know it's a 70s film, but I'm trying to remember if that was a TV film. I can't remember. It escapes me. In other news, Mad Max is getting its 19th release with uh, (laughs) coinciding with Mad Max Fury Road. There will be a (laughs) four-film Blu-ray anthology uh, featuring Mad Max, The Road Warrior, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and Mad Max Fury Road. In a fancy red packaging. Yeah, which is going to suck everybody in. Dude, (laughs) in like four years, everyone's going to have like 31 editions of Mad Max. (laughs) It's going to be the new Evil Dead. Really, man, it is. Or the new (laughs) Alien. And then after like, you know, you're going to look at your collection and go, Mad Max isn't even that good. (laughs) Mad Max isn't even the best Mad Max movie. (laughs) No, it totally isn't. The Road Warriors, hands down. Well, original films. Well, I haven't seen Fury Road. Yeah, but but I I would still probably say that Mad Max, or The Road Warriors, is probably the best out of all four. Even though I haven't seen the other one, I cannot see it being better than Road Warrior. That shit is great. Well, well considering everyone's saying awesome. that Fury Road is like the best film I know, I know. Yeah, That's crazy. Awesome. Nobody really everyone had that high that. expectations. It's fucking awesome. Remember when it first got announced? I was like, oh, this is going to be shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, was I ever wrong. I haven't seen it yet, but I mean, just, you know, going off people's, you know, word. I mean, yeah, really. I'm excited to check it out. Definitely we'll see it before the end of the year. Uh, oh, yeah. This it is comes actually- out soon, though. September 1st is actually when it comes out, so you'll be able to grab yeah. that box set, which I'm not doing. I'm just going to grab the Mad Max because I already own all well, the Yeah, I already own all the, the films individually on Blu-ray, so I mean... I own two Fury copies Road. of Mad Max. I do not need a third one. <laughs> I cannot let that happen, you know, because no. my vampire journals will start to get jealous. <laughs> I was just going to say vampire journals. <laughs> That's so funny. IFC uh, Midnight acquires a hashtag horror social media slasher huh. it sounds original I didn't get that <laughs> yeah. yeah so after that uh, Tremors 5 has got its release date 
Uh, Tremors 5 Bloodlines will be hitting Blu-ray, DVD, Combo Pack, and Digital HD October 6th of 2015. Fucking love those films. Super pumped for that. Mm. Yep. Like, I actually love the Tremors films. Like, the second mm. one is such a good movie. The first one is, is, like, a genuinely good, like, mainstream movie. And the second one is yeah. a damn good sequel. And the third one has its place, too. Looking forward to the fifth one. What about you guys? No. Yeah, man. Past one. I, I haven't. Uh, I actually haven't watched part three and four in so long. I don't even really remember them. So, mm. eh. uh, to be honest, but you are right though. Tremors two is a good sequel. Yeah. So it is a good sequel. Rounding out the news is at least I think we have a all of film announcements. Uh, slasher video September releases. We have Boarding House. We have Cemetery Sisters, uh, Death Nurse, Death Nurse 2. Uh, all these are on DVD, of course. And the last one is Splatter, Architects of Fear. And then on Blu ray, we have Cinco de Mayo. We have the Shock'em Dead, Trashology. Is that a horror yeah. film? Man, it looks fucking hilarious. <laughs> Trashology? Yeah, yeah it's it looks so funny. funny. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, Deadly Prey, Deadliest Prey. Uh, and this is not a uh, slasher video, but they're also releasing The Woods on Blu-ray, which is a good mm-hmm. movie-ish. What? what about what about Killer uh, Killer Workout? Yeah, Killer Workout. Did I miss that one? Yeah, I missed that yeah, one. Killer Workout's coming, which is which is one that I'm super stoked that's finally coming out because I believe I think we have a release under Robicide, or maybe that's in the UK. I don't think it actually ever had a official release over here, but. I think that aerobicide cut is cut, or edition is cut, which sucks. Oh yeah, yeah, killer workout that is on Blu-ray as well. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Cool shit. And that wraps it up for the news. Long one. Damn, Damn that was a lot of yeah, news. That's a lot. Alrighty, so yeah, moving along into mood swings and the new releases, the DVD and Blu-ray releases for July. July. Jesus, I don't even know what fucking month I'm in. August 11th and uh, actually the last couple of weeks there's been a fair amount of decent ones but I'm not going to get into those because y'all already picked up all those movies because you're hoarders like us so we'll just get into the August 11th DVD and Blu-ray releases first up is one that actually surprised the shit out of me because when I first saw it on here I was going this movie didn't have a Blu-ray release before um, and it is uh, Dead Silence I know this movie don't have a yeah. How did this movie not have a Blu-ray release before? It just kind of really surprised me that it's getting one all these years later. It has but... an HD DVD release. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> That's weird. <clears throat> that is weird, man. Um, it's being released by, of course, Universal. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, it's something I will not upgrade. I mean, I have the DVD. It's fine with that. But Small Dead Rats. Silence. Small Rats just came out on Blu-ray, and that was only on HD DVD. Where's oh, Half-Baked? Shit. Come on, you fucking assholes. <laughs> Um, next up is another release that's just so strange to me. Um, Halloween 3, Season of the <laughs> yeah. Witch. I mean, when this got announced, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who's putting that out? Uh, Universal. Universal. People will buy it, though. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just don't get it, man. I mean, at least they used that, you know, cool cover. that cover art. You know, that's kind of cool. But really, like, another edition of Halloween 3, yeah. Probably not going to happen. Um, next up here from Scream Factory is the collector edition of The People Under the Stairs. Um, 
just fantastic, fantastic commission artwork on this yeah. one. I think everyone can agree with me on that one. It's just really, really well done. Yeah, I love it. Uh, looking forward to that. Mine actually shipped today. I know JP got his about three years ago. Oh, no, it was three <laughs> weeks ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was like three weeks ago. But, I mean, honestly, I, I did get it for the poster. I That's the thing that people don't, like, pay attention to is if you – get a Scream Factory sale that has free shipping, yeah, you're paying maybe a dollar more per title, uh, but you're getting free shipping, so then you can order the people under the stairs, and since it's free shipping, it comes with a poster, so you're paying like $5 for a po- for the poster. It's totally worth it. I did that with Shocker as well. Um, that's how you take advantage of those Scream Factory sales. You buy their collector's editions that come with the posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and if you hold on to those fucking things, apparently they go for about 150 bucks a piece. <laughs> Only for day live. Oh my god, that was Which ridiculous. I actually don't have. It's so crazy. Um, yeah, and you know, originally Serpent in the Rainbow was supposed to be released this week, but it got delayed until what 2016? You said JP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was got a big, big delay. Yeah. So yeah, Which that is not coming out this week. I would have rather Shocker got delayed. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really like to see delays in general, but yeah, true. Yeah, sure. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, this is a movie I actually don't really know anything about. I'm assuming it's more of a thriller, and it's called uh, Still of the Night, um, starring Roy Schneider and uh, Meryl Streep, <laughs> which is <laughs> a strange one. But it's getting a kino release, so you know it's going to be a good release. Mm. But if anyone's interested in that or even know anything about it, leave comments because I actually have never heard of that film. Just strange. Um, Next up is one that had a little bit of buzz, you know, when it came out in theaters. Uh, you know, I heard a lot of mixed opinions on it, and it's called Unfriended. Yeah. Um, you know, another one, one of these, out. another one of these internet-based type films. Um, it says the runtime on here is 166 minutes. <laughs> well, that's a lie. <laughs> that can't be right. Uh, this is also being released by Universal. That's a uh, red box so. watch. Yeah, I, know, I I don't know, man. It just it didn't really intrigue me at all. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Who knows? It's it, it might be okay. Who knows? Uh, next up here, we got a double feature high school horror. This Jeremy should oh yeah, bloody bloody homecoming and Varsity Blood. Well, I've never seen Varsity Blood, but I have heard that it's shitty. And we already know that Bloody Homecoming fucking sucks, donkey dicks. So it is really really bad. Uh, so yeah. this one might you might want to skip on. All two loops <laughs> die in there. I heard that one not that bad actually. Though. I don't mind. I that. thought it was I, I know. Yeah, I thought it was a you know bit better than average. I was entertained by it. Um, here, I don't announce one of these ones in a while. A twenty feature horror collection. Um, from what I can see on there, it looks like a bunch of shit. Uh, of course, this is being released by. Oh, here we go. Echo fucking bridge. Come up, they make a lot of print. You never know. <laughs> so what we got on here? We got the greens. Oh, the greenskeepers on here. The dark uh, croc, man eater, grizzly rage, killer, 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 killer. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's fucking called Killer Killer. Shit, I thought I was having a stroke there. There's fucking. not even a space. It's just killer killer. Yeah, it's like one word. Uh, Daughters of Darkness, uh, that's strange. I don't know why that's on there. Um, yeah, a bunch of shit, man. 20 packs, if you guys are interested in that, uh, you know. I don't know why. 20 and films, if 20 is not enough for you. 
<laughs> yeah, we, yeah, this one outdoes you know the twenty pack, and this one's uh, a thirty nightmare of movies <laughs> on three discs. Holy sh! Oh my god, are you fucking serious? What? Okay, these movies it's have actually so many multi pack release releases. It's crazy. Puppet Master, one, two, three, four, and five. It's got Netherworld, so a bunch of full moon stuff on here. Prom Night one and two, Killjoy Hill. I mean, you see these movies on all these. All these multi-packs, like Zombies vs. Strippers, Last Man on Earth, okay. Eat Your Skin, Mortuary, that's a weird one. Um, but yeah, 30 films on Yeah, but unfortunately, discs. hopefully they're better than fucking Funeral Home, that son of a bitch multi-pack. <laughs> fucking look forward for year, fucking three months, finally finding the fucking dumping, buy it, come home. Yeah, Seriously, though, home. we gotta talk about this runtime. Why like do it. they just put one runtime? Yeah, two thousand five hundred and eighty-seven minutes. <laughs> Why? I don't know. In what way would you ever need to know that? Exactly. <laughs> uh, next up here is a film I know nothing about. I'm assuming it's a film, and it's called The Changing of Ben Moore. Looks um, released by Bayview. Is it a ghost? Yeah. I mean. I'm assuming nah. it's like a possession film. It looks like it's actually Spanish. I don't. I don't even know. Ben Moore. It's totally a Spanish film, right? <laughs> I think. I think Bayview's the one you're releasing Judy here. Actually, they are releasing Judy. Yeah, that's interesting. I tried to get them. They wouldn't reply to my emails. <laughs> uh, next up is a film that I've actually been kind of intrigued, so I did order it, and it's called I Lived. I have that. I got that sent to me. Yeah. So it's, not, it's I, okay. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I just this, I kind of read read the have, premise on it, and it was sorry. really really cheap. It was only like eight or nine bucks. So yeah, nine bucks on here. So I had a review yeah. for it. I just haven't posted it yet, just simply because of the fact I've done so many. But it's, mm-hmm. okay. it's okay. It has this weird second screen experience thing on your phone that doesn't really work that well. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty cry. We got a bona fide ghostly up next. Oh. Bonafide, man. Poltergeist activity. No, this was at Walmart already. <laughs> it can't even be real. That I can't even you, be a real title. I sent you the picture yesterday when it's, I was at Walmart. Okay. The best part about this is it says based on a true story. Really? Like, come on. I mean, That's this is as ghostly ever. as it gets. It yeah. literally is. You take one of the most ghostly words ever, activity, another one of the most ghostly words ever, poltergeist, and you jam it together. together, and you have a shit sandwich. Yeah, by Phase Four. Come on. Oh my God. Oh my. Phase. Is it released by Phase Four? No, it's four released by digital four media. Digital media. Like yeah. Phase so you know this is going to be some real oh, fuck. I, no, Correct. no one's going to pick that. Up. That's ridiculous. I saw it at Walmart. It was thirteen bucks. I'm like, who the fuck would pay thirteen bucks for this? Thirteen bucks for Poltergeist activity. Yeah. Damn. That's a deal. <laughs> Uh, next up is one I've actually pre-ordered too. Um, you I've wanted to see this for how fucking rights I did. Man. Uh, I don't know, fifteen something like that. <laughs> what is it? Nineteen on here? No, there's a twenty nine ninety five. Twenty. I didn't order the Blu-ray because DVD is not dead. Uh, yeah, released by uh, Kino, which I believe is this was actually like a Scorpion release. I believe it's supposed to be Scorpion, but maybe they're it's one of those uh, buy releases or whatever. But yeah, the Rain Killer. Uh, so yeah, 
Kino. It was funny, man. Actually, I didn't even have the option for a Blu-ray when I ordered it. It's strange. It's really fucking weird, but maybe it's a yeah. It's thing. one I've wanted to see for a while. I think it's more of like a more of like a thriller type deal, but it's been on the radar for a long time. I know Scorpion had announced that one like like last year, so they mashed it up with Kino, which is kind of cool. And last up for the uh, releases here, we've got a film called None Other Than Zombie Resurrection. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez. Can we get any more with the generic titles in this? It's pretty uh, generic. That's more generic than Apocalypse that I saw. And I feel bad, too. Because I feel bad, too, because Midnight Releasing is releasing this. And and I do reviews for them. And But it, this one just sounds so bad. It's so generic, man. Yeah, zombie resurrection. Of course, it, 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 all zombies resurrect. <laughs> what <do> they do? <laughs> it's if you've seen Moods' face, it's like just genuine, genuine utter confusion. Like they, they all resurrect. What are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, midnight. I'm sorry, but come on. And yeah, that's gonna do it for the dvd and blu-ray releases unless of course you guys got any more but i don't think that is um Boots. what is your that's release of the week my release of the week is well this is kind of a no-brainer really i'm gonna have to go with the 30 nightmare movies volume two <laughs> <laughs> no quite obviously the release of the week this week is screen factories of people under the stairs collector's edition um I mean, I mean, really, just for the the art, the commissioned art alone is just fantastic. Kind of jealous that you got that poster, JP. It's mm-hmm. it's a nice one. It's I one of the better the ones. I, I would poster. say it's probably top. It's a top shelf tier. It's a you know, it's an A tier uh, release. Um, yeah, definitely so. top five probably cover arts that Scream Factory's done. Uh, but I, I I just I have this image in my head where I see the people under the stairs, Shocker, and the Serpent and the Rainbow all postered on my wall in frames and it'll be like a nice little Wes Craven arc. Wes Craven? I'm not familiar with that name. <laughs> oh, sorry. And I mean Wesley Craven. Yeah, I know that guy. Wesley but Craven. Then I actually thought about it and I was like, oh man, what about Deadly Blessing? I'm gonna have to track that one down. Yeah, that <laughs> one's they, probably like they release posters for Deadly Blessing too and I'm like, shit, well I can't, yeah. I want to complete the arc. And the Deadly Blessing one was quite limited too, like two hundred or two hundred and fifty copies too. It sucks. I seen so it for thirty one, bucks. That's not bad compared to you know the hundred and fifty shit that we were looking at yesterday. Jesus, I was like, paying one hundred and fifty bucks for a damn eleven by seventeen poster. Come on. If anybody has the Deadly Blessing poster, I will trade another posters of Scream for, Factories for it. One for twenty ninety nine. Oh shit! Well, I'll just buy it then. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. So, but yeah, how did you forget about Deadly Blessings, man? I guess it's, be, you know, probably because it's been out for a long time. Since 2012. One of the original, <laughs> the one of the original yeah, yeah, it was one of the original, like, six or something, I think. Something like that, yeah. All right, so yeah, that's going to do it for the DVD and Blu-ray releases for August 11th. Of course, 2015. And yeah, moving along into uh, voicemails slash questions. I don't know if we have any questions this week, but I'm pretty sure that we did have a couple voicemails. So, JP, you want to yeah, play those have, for us? We do have some voicemails, and I'm going to be honest. I don't know what they are, but I do believe we know what Brandon's was because 
he had sent it on our last show during the show, and I think it had to do with the film we was talking about. So I'll play that one anyway, just just because we didn't get to it last time. And uh, then we have two from Derek as well. Hey guys, it's Brandon. Uh, sorry, I missed calling in on the Joe show. Great episode, by the way. Uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the Death King. I actually have been a watch this weekend, so when I listen to the cast, I'll be able to listen to the opinions and agree or disagree. Um, question: With all the great releases coming out and being announced, especially Mosquito, um, what's your top pick for film that still needs either a release? Or a nice release for me. The film that really needs a great release, you know, sort of like a nightbreed collector's edition type, would be Cemetery Man. Interested to hear what you guys think. Uh, let me know. Hope you guys can take it. So it's so I, strange I too that... because we like. We about yeah, this, like, yeah, because we like done this top ten Tuesday recently on you know films that need yeah. you know Blu-ray treatment and stuff, yeah. and of course some of us had like films that had never been released on DVD in there and, and blah 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 and stuff. Yeah, so um, I think that you know since we did do that, the best way to answer this question is Moods. What is your film like the film that that needs well, release for you? You know, has never everybody had knows me. Oh, that's never had a release? Yeah, that's what I would – because he did mention that too. So I think since we kind of did the what film should get Blu-ray treatment, I feel like now what film should be the one that you would like to see released that's never been released? Hmm, Even on DVD? That's, that's never had a DVD release, like in Region 1. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that's an interesting question because uh, that's never had a release. Um, to be honest, man – I would love to see the Kindred get released in a really nice edition. Um, I would probably have to, for one that hasn't doesn't have a DVD release, yeah, the Kindred. I'm going to go with that. I love that movie. What about about you, Jeremy? Mm, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> it was Ghost Town, right? <laughs> it was Ghost Town, but that's already done. Um... Well, Come back to me. Let me think about it. Uh, you know, mine was uh, – I guess I guess mine wasn't Mosquito since it had a release before, but it like barely had a release. Uh, you can't pick Clown House because that technically had a release as well. Honestly, <clears throat> I'm starting to run out of them. Like my, mine for the longest time was like the producer's cut of – How about The Keep? There you go. Damn. The Keep, that's a good one. Which, which really sucks too because that movie's never going to get a release because – Michael Mann has the rights to it. Yeah. And he has basically stated that he's never going to release it because he doesn't like the film. Well, how old is So he? that's <laughs> How old is Michael Mann? I don't know. Because when but... he dies, those rights go to somebody else. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, okay, as long as Michael Mann is still alive. The Bauer, that's another release. good one. Because he did – I actually read that somewhere. Like he had quoted that he is just not going to release the film. He's not proud of it. It's his very first film. He doesn't like it and – so I see the keep on a lot of people's wish lists, and you know, that really that's, sucks. That's it's kind of like it's kind of like wishing for Clown House. It's just not going to happen. So yeah, um, but yeah, the Kindred's my choice. Um, yeah, what did you pick, JP? I didn't pick yet. Uh, so oh, you didn't pick anything. Yeah, um, my pick right now, simply because, like I was saying, so many of the ones that I did want have been released. Maybe it would be like the work, like the other cut 
that is supposedly exists of Hellraiser Bloodline that kind of like clears a lot of things up. That or I would say uh, Elves, just because it's such a fucking weird movie. <laughs> yeah, man, Elves. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, I mean, if we had to pick like a release, you know, just something to come to Blu-ray that you know obviously does have release and stuff. I, my obvious choice, man, is the Phantasm box set, man. I would love to see a really fucking sweet Phantasm box set because, I mean, you know, one doesn't have a Blu-ray release. or well, one, three, and four. Um, That's, like, my number one thing. I would love to see, like, a really cool Sphere-type edition of it. And Do we know uh, who I owns am... the rights to one, three, and four? Anchor Bay. No. I, I mean, as far as I know, no. Anchor Bay did. No. So when did they lose Costa the rights? Coscarelli has the rights now. What the fuck is he waiting on, man? This is money in the bank for him. Phantasm 5, and he doesn't own part 2, so it's kind of fucked. So, so do you think, who has who has the rights to part 2 right now? Is Universal still... slash Scream Factory, so I don't really know. Well, if he makes yeah. a deal with Scream knows, Factory, right? he could use a box. Well, it's probably Universal. Yeah, it's probably Universal now. It's probably Universal. They probably just subletted the. Yeah, yeah. yeah they definitely so, did sublicense, but like for yeah. how long, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. Apparently, I mean, we're, the already is... the, we're already seeing the rights reverting back and stuff, right? I mean, look at Halloween three and stuff like that. So yeah. So yeah. the thing is that uh, <laughs> David Steinman actually was the guy who said that apparently Don Coscarelli is in talks with Image to release some of those films on Blu-ray, some of the Phantasm films that he owns, which just sounds stupid to me. Yeah. Image, really? I don't tr- I don't trust that dude's credibility anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> it just that seems fucking weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> what is this the laser disc cage or something? <laughs> Image used to release fucking everything, man. All right. So, after that, let's move on to Derek's voicemail. And Derek is one of two. So, I don't know what he said here. He I don't know if he's like has. I watch one of them be like a fuck up. He's like, "Hey, don't play this." <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Jokes oh well. On. Well, I'll laugh at you. I promise. Hey guys, Derek here as usual. Just wanted to let you know I'm really digging these summer shows. They are wicked awesome. Thank you. Just want to let you guys know. You guys showed me talking about horror is cool, and you inspired me. I started my channel up finally and loving it. I just wanted to thank you guys for that. If it weren't for your podcast and these voicemails, I probably wouldn't have done it. I got surprises planned for all three of you guys. Moods. Yours will be being sent out probably tomorrow or Friday when the show's being recorded. The other two, the following week, it's not much. But a small thank you for you guys. Hope you enjoy it. I just hope it's not in true full screen. <laughs> See you guys in the next voicemail with a question or two. Thanks again, guys. <laughs> Man, that's one cool cat. Just saying. Yeah. I don't even know if I can receive any more stuff from people because. I just can't. You know, it's, it's actually like, it's actually bad. kind of funny. It's funny, man. I have seven piles on my poker table right now, and all those piles are packages going out to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking so bad, man. Yeah, it only uh, took eight months like, to get my package. 
Oh, fuck. I'm so, I, I can never get to the post office, man. I'm terrible. It's just I, I'm so, so bad. It's such a bad it. place for me. Mm-hmm. Well, mine's only – listen, dude. Mine is only open from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Monday through Saturday. It's so crazy. That's so fucking weird, man. That's yeah. so early. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's what it is. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Did he ask a question so, yeah. there? Or? No. no, he was just thanking us. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you're welcome, Derek. I mean, I'm glad that we could help you start your own channel and you're doing really well. Yeah. Watching your videos and stuff. And yeah, you know, you, you yeah, started you're better than I was when I started. <laughs> I was awful. I don't, I don't even remember my early videos, to but, be honest. I couldn't even tell you what I did, but you know what? Yeah, I was watching JP's early videos. Hey, They're hilarious. Don't even. Stop. His Hellraiser review. Shut up. Awesome. I don't even want to hear this. It's so embarrassing. Go look at my videos. I'm fucking 14, man. Yeah, you definitely are a shankle. Yeah, I'm a shankle. <laughs> Unfor- hey, I actually didn't do it this time. I didn't. I didn't have a tripod either. So, and you're like sitting and sitting. Down. Like, oh, I don't even. <laughs> it's a shankle. It's a shankle. It is a total shankle. I don't think any of us had tripods when we first started. I did. Fuck. I had I mean, a fucking if you have like if you already have like good lighting and a tripod and a good camera and everything for your first video, you've been planning this out way yeah, too in, long. In, ten, off, in ten, ten years in film school, they're going to be like, and this is what's called the shankle angle. <laughs> you know what I love about this podcast, and I'm thinking about adding this to the site, is a dictionary. Of all these terms that we've created from Holopane to a ghostly to the fucking shankle ankle to true full screen. We have these so many references that new <laughs> listeners are like, what the fuck are they talking about? And there needs to be a contained place on horror? the website. <laughs> yeah. Contained horror. Contained horror. And there needs to be a place on the website that lists all these different terms that we use. <laughs> 20 the shankle <laughs> angle. <laughs> That's great. Jeremy actually comes up with a high percentage of these, by the way. That's not bad. That's not bad. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, the the one thing that I will say is Derek and anybody else listening who is thinking about or has thought about creating a YouTube channel, when I first did it, I before I first did it, I was always like, "Hey, I want to do it." I was thinking about doing it. I watched this guy, I watched Mr. Parker, I watched Ryan 1988, this guy, this guy, all these different guys that were on YouTube at the time, and I was like, "Man, I would love to do that." And I just kept waiting and waiting. And then when I finally did it, I was like, "Why the fuck did I wait so long?" So, basically mm-hmm. what I'm saying is if you're thinking about it, stop thinking about it and just do it because you're going to have fun, you're going to meet cool people, and you're going to have a blast doing it. So just do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Derek even though I don't comment, I am watching it. So just moods, like your videos, you just always fucking yell at me. Doesn't that just sound like the biggest excuse ever? <laughs> I'm watching, but I don't comment. You don't either. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Yeah, it's pretty rare that I actually come across, uh, come across a you know a comment for well either one of you like on any video though you it's know? funny sometimes it's like i'll watch will, videos we'll click on yeah. a video and see that i had commented on it from another person and and he'll be like yo you commenting again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i comment 
I comment a lot less now because of just the timing when I watch videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I always like stuff and it, and it goes to Twitter. So if you guys are on there, you guys always see that I'm obviously yeah, watching and videos I and stuff. I feel like but... you, that's why I always be sure to like it because I'm like, then if they follow me on Twitter, they'll know that I like their video. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So let's move on to Derek's second voicemail. you Derek <laughs> well I'm not gonna lie I didn't catch what company he was asking me about because Jeremy was playing the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre and I missed what company he asked did you guys hear what company he was asking Maya about? communications or something yeah was it always oh, my communications yeah um yeah I, okay so that's okay now that makes more sense that he said you know the transfers being not the greatest and stuff um yeah uh, my communication I have a fair amount of them, and yeah, the the transfers are really, really uh, hit and miss on those, man. Um, the ones I would recommend, though, if, are like all the Lamberto Bava films. I know that you know you're a big, uh, um, you know, Italian fan and love Lamberto Bava's, but I got to say, like, you know, Graveyard Disturbance and um, Until Death, and uh, the other one that I reviewed, I can't remember the title right now, but uh, those ones all have pretty good transfers. Um, I would recommend those. Uh, what other my communication? I can't even think of like what they're what's on there. Um, if you guys want to go ahead, I'll continue my answer. Uh, in yeah, a second here. Me, I you know do like Scream Factory. I thank you for noticing. Uh, so yeah, the 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 labels that are out there, I would collect if I had the money. Uh, Synapse is is one that I love. Like some of the releases that I see by them, and only own a couple. So that's that's a label that I really missed the boat on. Same thing goes for Blue Underground. Like I only own Maniac and Zombie and stuff. Uh, Arrow is a label that I would love to collect. I love Arrows. Um, they are really good. You know that Society and you know Contamination release was uh, really fucking awesome. And I hear great things about their UK titles as well. So I'm actually going to pick up a couple of those pretty soon. Uh, one is uh, Blood and Black Lace that I'm going to scoop up from from Amazon UK probably. Uh, 
uh, for a little secret project. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good labels out there. And I just do not have the money to get. But, you know, I'll, I'll grab a few here and there. Like Synapse, I'm definitely grabbing Mosquito. That's a day one purchase for me. Um, but mm-hmm. there's some great, great, great. I mean, just so good. So great. So great labels out there. And I love being a horror fan because we get to see these awesome releases for some of these, like, underappreciated gems. Jeremy? Westerns? Westerns. All right. Mm. It's a good one. It's a good question. Uh, definitely John Ford's My Darling Clementine. It's a really good um, Y Earp type of a talent. That one's really good. That one just got released by Criterion. Recommend that one. Um, the Tin Star, uh, which was directed by Bud Boddicker, has Anthony Perkins and um, and Betty Palmer in it. It's a really interesting. Uh, it's a really interesting western, and uh, Henry Fonda's in it also. Anything with Bud Boddicker, it's really he's a really interesting director. Uh, he makes a lot of low budget westerns, but they're really, really good. Um, he did. He worked a little bit with um, fuck. What's his name? I can't remember. Who's the guy that was in North by Northwest? Fucking Cary Grant. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. He did some movies with Cary Grant, and they're really good also. So, if you guys get a chance. If you get a chance to check out any uh, Bud Boddicker, um westerns, are really good. Same with Anthony Mann. Those two guys, Bud Boddicker and Anthony Mann, are like the two prime um western directors are really good but like i said my darling clementine you know it's probably my john ford western. man yeah anything john ford you know what you're gonna get get yourself into yeah, man. and uh the searchers of course searchers is fucking awesome so yeah yeah cool cool um yeah my communications man <laughs> like derek said man the the transfers can be very hit and miss on there uh, the beauty of the company though is that they release some of the sleaziest shit <laughs> like around man like super sleazy um, but uh, I would definitely recommend Four, um, Four Flies on Grey Velvet um, that release actually the transfer is pretty good on that uh, I forgot about Joe D'Amato is horrible too um, that one's pretty good also and like I said the Lamberto Bavas those are probably the best ones the, um, the girl from Cortina which I believe you already have wait there's uh, a it's another there's a Four Flies Blu-ray? No, it's a DVD. Oh, okay. I was about to say. There is a Four Flies uh, Shameless Entertainment released one. That's a UK, yeah. though, right? It is in the UK, and I believe it is Region 2. I don't think it's all region. So, um, I do recommend uh, Blade of the Ripper, uh, another Sergio Martino film, if you're interested in that. It's a, it's a pretty interesting giallo um, kind of cool. And that's really about it. Like, I don't have a ton of my communication releases because some of the releases are, you know, to the point where they're softcore porn and stuff. And I'm not like, I generally don't buy that stuff. Um, cause you know, you can get the hardcore stuff for free on the internet. <laughs> well, you joking. will in the future when we do witchcraft. Um, I just recently picked up Arizona cult returns, which is a Sergio Martino, uh, uh, Western actually, which I have not watched yet, but I've been really curious on it. Really curious about that one. So, uh, I'll let you know the, my opinions on that one, but yeah, but yeah, I, the, the ones I recommend the most, the Lambert Bava films, definitely grab those. They all look good. So probably the best ones. All right. So yeah, I guess that's going to do it for voicemails, uh, this week. Uh, thank you to Derek and Brandon again for phoning in. We always appreciate your guys' calls. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck 
you guys just are so retarded. Him. Just punch him, Jack. You guys are so stupid. I hate you. Thank you once again for calling in or texting, whatever the fuck you guys want to call it. Oh, man. For phone calling us. Yeah. On your cell phone. Oh, man. <laughs> You guys are dicks. <laughs> Anyways, moving along in uh, mood swings here. Um, we started a new segment called Knowledge, I believe, last podcast in uh, episode 53. We kind of premiered it. Uh, this week, we're going to continue along with Knowledge. And uh, JP, you want to take us away? Yeah, so Knowledge is just basically a time to talk about something. Uh, maybe it's a topic, or in this case, it is the topic of the Hall of Pain. So it's something that was created in the Warlock episode, which I believe was episode 33. And the story goes, we was watching the Warlock films and reviewing them, and we got to the third film in which the <laughs> Warlock was played by a different actor, uh, and his name was Bruce Payne. P-A-Y-N-E. <laughs> and Jeremy made the joke because the movies were Bruce painfully bad. And, you know, it, it was like a funny joke. And he was like, we should create a wall of a hall of pain because <laughs> we had the hall of fame going on at the same time. And I was like, guys, I am not creating hall of pain. I, I just re-listened to it because I, I wanted to see where it sparked from. And it was, Oh yeah. You were, idea. you were strongly against the idea of creating of the, hall the hall of pain. pain. I know. I, I was mean, like, no, hundred percent like, on I'm board with that. It. You were complete opposite. And, but, you know, the way we've always done this podcast is majority rules. I mean, Jeremy, you're on board. So you should have been given in a long yeah. time ago. Oh, you know, <laughs> these are your own words right now. So now you're just eating your own shit. So uh, lo and behold, he finally came around and now we've got the Hall of Pain. Yeah. yeah. So the, the Hall of Pain will be up by the time this show airs or right after it. And it will be right under the Hall of Fame in which the Hall of Fame is anytime we have a film that has a combined rating of 28 plus it makes the hall of fame this will be kind of the opposite but not exactly moods how did we figure out what's going to qualify for the hall of pain so basically what we came down to or how we finalized it was so basically all three of us give a rating for a film now if that rating totals under nine and a half it qualifies for the Hall of Pain. Now, is that nine and a half and under or just nine? Nine and a half and under. So anything okay. under nine and a half qualifies for the Hall of Pain. And that's all three of our ratings, can, you know, totaled yeah. up. So, I mean, I mean, it's really actually kind of hard to make the Hall of Pain because it only takes someone to, to be really you know, shitty. It has to be quite shitty. I mean, you know, three threes is nine right there. So, you know, the, you know, and we've. We've, you know, reviewed a shitload of films. I was amazed at how many were only in the Hall of Pain, to be honest. But so that's what it came down to. All three totaled up under nine and a half. You qualify for the Hall of Pain. So our Hall of Pain mascot will, of course, be Bruce Payne. Um, <laughs> and uh, then we will have the films in there the same way as they are in the Hall of Fame. It'll be the poster and what episode we talked about it on on and stuff like that. But the problem with creating the Hall of Pain after you have 53 episodes is that you have to retroactively go back and find out if there have been other films that we've rated that would have qualified. And as far as I know, there were. 
and as far as I know, these were the ones that have qualified. Now, if I'm wrong, just like with the Hall of Pain, if or Hall of Fame, if anybody ever goes back through our archive and hears like, "Hey, you guys rated this film, and it should be in the Hall of Fame," let us know. We'll fucking put it there. You know, uh, these are just the ones that we've tracked. So there are six films here that will be our honorary inductees into the Hall of Pain. The first film, and this is going by, this is funny, this is going by uh, chronological order of when we talked about the film. So, first up is from episode number 16, the Fangoria Presents episode, and it is Axed. I gave the film a 4 out of 10. Jeremy gave the film a 3 out of 10. Moods gave the film a 2 out of 10 for a combined rating of 9. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. The second film to be inducted into the Hall of Pain is also from episode 16. <laughs> it is Entity from 2012 with a rating from me at 2 out of 10, a rating from Jeremy at 2.5 out of 10, and a rating from Moods 1. <laughs> Out of ten, so that like has the only time a gave a one. <laughs> combined rating of five point five. Oh man, I hate that. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of the worst. So bad. It's one of the worst. So that that actually is the lowest rated film in podcast history with a five point five. Wow, combined. Dude, that's so bad. <laughs> From three people too. That's like yeah. an okay rating if it's from one person, but it's like yeah. three. <laughs> okay, so moving on. They used, they used the shankle ankle too much in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, actually moving on to the third film – or the, the yeah, the third film being inducted into the Hall of Pain is none other than – the film from episode 29 which was part two in our halloween retrospect halloween as jeremy would say shit erection from yeah. the year 2002 that has a rating from me at 3.5 jeremy two and moods also two for a combined rating of 7.5 good that fucker <laughs> deserves it <laughs> yeah it's garbage yeah yeah definitely absolutely garbage <laughs> so next up yeah. is the film that spawned the Hall of Pain from episode 33, we have Warlock 3, The End of Innocence from the year 1999. I rated it a 2.5 out of 10. Jeremy rated it a 2 out of 10. And Moods rated it also a 2.5 out of 10 for a combined rating of 7. <laughs> I love this. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> then we move on to the uh, fifth inductee, and it is from our special Christmas episode of last year, episode number 36. It was Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Oh, God. Better watch out <laughs> from the year 1989. <sighs> so that bad. film has a rating from me at 3 out of 10. Jeremy, a rating of 2 out of 10. Moods, a rating of 2.5 out of 10. For a combined mm. rating of 7.5. God, that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And finally, our newest inductee 
uh, is from episode number 52, which was the Jaws retrospect. It is Jaws The Revenge, a.k.a. Jaws 4, from the year 1987, with a rating from me at 3 out of 10, a rating from Jeremy, 2 out of 10, and Moods coming in at a 3.5 for a combined rating of 8.5. Ooh, barely makes it. My three and a half sounded really good. (laughs) (laughs) But coming soon, coming soon to the Hall of Pain is Witchcraft 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Oh, my God. All coming soon to the Hall of Pain. Uh, (laughs) You know, we definitely have some shows planned that will probably have some more both Hall of Fame inductees and Hall of Pain inductees, so... I would say more Hall of Pains than Hall of Fame. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, right now, what do we have? Six, six and six. Is yeah. it six and six? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, what? Final thoughts on the Hall of Pain, guys? You finally got me to do it. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, you can't have a heaven without a hell, right? So. That might be the most, like, intelligent, like, poetic thing you've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I might as well kill myself right now. (laughs) There's no point in living anymore. That's terrible. But, I mean, no, it's, like, it makes sense, right? You know, Hall of Fame, Hall of Pain, it it just goes hand in hand. We actually have uh, seven in the Hall of Fame and only six in the Hall of Pain, so... Yep. Yeah, interesting. There's seven in the Hall of Fame. Yep, the Battery. Interesting. Halloween. Interesting. Halloween. Sleep Tight. Rosemary's Baby. Night of Living Dead. And Jaws. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Jaws. How did I forget about that? We just did that. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I. I mean, do you find that interesting that we have more in the Hall of Fame than in the Hall of Pain? A little bit. I do find that a little interesting, actually. Well, Mood, you have to watch the treatment, and then maybe we'll get into the Hall of Fame. Depending yeah, that's on true. Rate. That's true. That's my next review, actually, is going to be the treatment. So we'll see. We'll see. Like, what do I need to rate it to get in there? A 10. <laughs> a 10? Yeah, I highly doubt it's going to be a 10 already. <laughs> Jeremy gave it a 10. I gave it a 10. I stand by it. And what, so you gave it an 8.5 then? Yes. That's Okay, that's right. Okay, so. Wow. Interesting. Watch it get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, I know for a fact that there's a couple other films in our archives that I think me and JP have rated and Jeremy hasn't or vice versa that one of us just needs to rate that could potentially make the Hall of Fame. I know there's a couple because me and JP there were talking is. about there this is. one time. I know. And there's a couple films that are rated really high. Like what? Uh, Elm Street Legacy. Jeremy would need to have an eight in order for it to make the Hall I've of seen oh, Fame. Shit. I I couldn't imagine that being lower than an 8. Yeah, I saw that like the first time it came out. Uh, Alice Kills. I think I would need to rate it an 8.5 for it to make a ho- the Hall of Fame. Mm. Or, or maybe like a 9. I think it was a 9. I don't think that will make it. Uh, there was a couple more, too. I think The Phantom's Carriage. I need to rate it an 8. My Me and Moods gave it a 10, right? Yeah. I think. We both gave it 10s. Yeah, but, you know, we let this happen naturally. Meaning that, like... If I happen to watch The Phantom's Carriage next week or, you know... Well, you should, because that movie's my favorite <laughs> film of all time, man. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah, The Phantom Carriage, totally. It's my favorite film. Because we both awesome. have 10s on that, right? Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, so that's I can't imagine you going lower than eight. Ugh, I don't know. The, so there but are again, some films that. But then again, you do like you know the Fright Night remake. So I just I don't know. I don't think I can understand you fully. You know, it just makes no sense to me. I like good <laughs> movies, dude. <laughs> Come on, fucking Mick Lovins. I saw that. I saw that in the theaters and in 3D. Ugh. Oh yeah. God, how are you still living? I don't know. Like, like, wow. That's impressive. <laughs> you got a lot of you know willpower, man. It's crazy. I made too much. I don't know money if I'd be able to sh- continue living after watching that in 3D. Made too much money yeah. off the shankle angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think that's going to conclude knowledge. Uh, moving on to the corners report of weird stats and morbid facts, courtesy of Rumorg magazine. Uh, this one is coming from the issue number 125 of August 2012. So this is exactly three years old. Interesting. Um, yeah, so for this one right here, I, <laughs> it was kind of interesting because I actually didn't know this, but uh, it's a film I've watched many times, but... Uh, the courtroom dialogue in hijinks featured in Cannibal the Musical are based on actual trial scr- uh, transcripts from the prosecution of real-life cannibal Alfred Packer, on whom the film is based. So basically the songs that were written were just taken right from this, uh, the scr- uh, transcripts. Kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. But I mean, that's so Trey Parker to do something like that, right? Because they're awesome. Pretty interesting. Pretty awesome stuff, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, so that is going to conclude Mood Swings and yeah. So, moving on to the What We Watch portion of the show. We all know what that is. It's just where we talk about films and review them. Um, so who wants to go first, guys? Jeremy. Would y'all, nope. would y'all nope. watch this week? Nope. Would y'all watch this week? Nope. I went first <laughs> last show. Jeremy, your turn. Alright. You know what movie I'm going to review. Everybody knows. I shall be reviewing Ghost Town from the year 1988. Brought to you by our good friends, Charlie Band and Scream Factory. So Ghost Town, yes, the film I have been waiting a long fucking time to get a release. Because this is a film I try to hunt down on Laserdisc for a very fucking long time. And um, it's really, really expensive and hard to get. And I didn't feel like spending 50 bucks on a Laserdisc. Because for one, it's not in true full screen. And two, I just really didn't want to spend the money on it so when scream factory finally announced it i was fucking oh, so excited so you know this movie you know i think it sold really well me and jp were talking about this i think it sold really really well but i know people were bitching about how there was no features or anything on on the release and um you know you either have one you could either have one or the other you bitch that you don't have the release and then you get the release and you still bitch that there's no features on it well are you going to want the release or do you want nothing at all? And I think it was kind of the same thing with, with Dog Soldiers last month that people were bitching about the transfer. It's like, do you want the movie or do you want nothing at all? So all the haters out there, fuck you, stop bitching. You got Ghost Town. You should just at least be happy that you got the movie and an actual release for once. Word. It's funny, man. You sound, you, you sound like me on my on my last update when I gave it to people about bitching about the, uh, the Dog Soldiers transfer. Yeah. I just told people to shut the fuck up, stop bitching, and fucking just be glad that you have it. Yeah. You know, yeah. plus it's approved, you know, so. So Ghost Town, I know Moods watches too. It's a really, really fun uh, Western horror film. You know, there's not too many Western horror films, you know, the Burrs and some other ones. But this one is probably one of the most, I would say, well-known uh, Western horror films. So we basically follow a sheriff who gets assigned this case to go find this woman who 
car was found in the middle of the desert, abandoned and all scratched up. And he's traveling and he comes across this grave with this dead sheriff in it who used to be the sheriff of this town in the 1870s. And he's resurrected and he's told that he has to kill this um, this gunslinger corpse who's, or this gunslinger spirit who's possessed by a demon. So he goes to this ghost town and, um, you know, there's all these ghosts and spirits, um, you know, chilling in 1870s attire and all that kind of stuff. And he is basically just trying to kill this spirit that's possessed by this demon. <clears throat> and that's basically it. And it's really, really interesting and fun. And it, you know what you're going to get with that kind of narrative. And like I said, it really feels like a long Tales from the Crypt episode. Um, it just has that type of feel to it that it would be on Tales from the Crypt if it was a little bit shorter. And um, yeah, if you guys get a chance, pick it up. I think it did really well. So hopefully Scream Factory, you know, releases some more of these um, obscure horror films. Uh, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, man, this movie actually really surprised me. The quality of it. I was expecting it to be yeah. a lot more low budget no. when I first popped it in. And I was like, okay. Um, you know what? It's something is really interesting. So when I first started watching Ghost Town, I was listening to fucking music in it. I was like, yeah, I've heard good. this before. I was like, I've totally heard this before. And I could not place it. So I quickly did a Google search and I was like, uh, you know, ghost town music blah blah it comes up it's the fucking score or the music from ghoulies 2 <laughs> because charles band produced both these movies yeah. so instead of you know going out and you know because <laughs> he's a cheap motherfucker like, just... band score probably I, probably but anyways he just rehashed the music from ghoulies 2 and <laughs> ghost town. Like, that's where i fucking heard T- it before typical charlie band totally so funny but it works though it, it's kind of cool for yeah. two completely different type of films no, is pretty interesting. Harvey R. Cohen. Is that who did it? Oh, yeah. But anyways, you know, he owns the rights to the music, so he's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and this, it's written by the same guy who directed Crawl Space, so if you're familiar with Crawl Space, you know. Which mm-hmm. was also an Empire film, I believe. Yeah, Crawl Space. I really wish they would make more films like this. I'm surprised it hasn't become a bigger thing, you know, like horror Western films. Westerns I think they work so well. Westerns are kind of dead. Yeah, but I mean, well, me and Moose have said for a long time that we love Western yeah. horror. I know, and it's just—I guess that's probably why not a lot of them get made. Plus, it's also the setting too. They're—they're they're probably a little more high budget than you think they can be. Yeah, you know, because you have to have those costumes. You know, there's a lot of, you know, look to it. So, yeah, I can I, see why they don't get made. <laughs> I've seen this film before, but it's been, a, two decades probably. Uh, so mm-hmm. like. 20 years since I've last seen this. I used to have it on a VHS with Elm Street 4, like a, a recorded, <laughs> you know, off the TV type VHS. Um, nice. But it wasn't off the TV. It was, you know, like a transfer. Um, and I used to always shut it off when it would get to Ghost Town because, like, I wasn't into that as a kid. Like, I would always watch Elm Street and then, like, the first 15 minutes of Ghost Town. And, and eventually, I did end up watching the full Ghost Town, and I like liked it and stuff. Yeah. But I haven't seen it since then, so. I mean, it's it's, a, it's so... a good movie. <clears throat> it's different. Let's just say and you that. gave it, what, seven and a half? Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Max? Cool. What would you give it? That's exactly what my rating was. Yeah. I think I even wrote it on the Facebook page. I was like, yeah, I give it seven and a half. That's interesting. It's a movie definitely for its time that I've never been seen before. You know, we've seen it a little bit more today, but I think back then 
can't really think of many movies from 88 that yeah. was Western horror. Yeah, thing. there really wasn't prior yeah. to that, yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's like a lot of those Empire films are about seven, seven and a half, eight. Like, I mean, From Beyond is like an eight to me, and Ghoulies 2 is like a seven, seven and a half. Like, yeah, I give like Crawl Space an eight. That movie's fucking Yeah. Good. I mean, th- th- that, there's not really many more of those Empire. Ghost Town was like the last one, really. My good friend Klaus Kinsinski. Kinsinski? <laughs> Kinsinski. Yeah. But Ghost Town was like the last big Empire to not have a, you know, a, a, an official like release, like good release. I mean, like Rawhead Rex is, is technically yeah. an Empire, and. And there's uh there's a few other ones that I know the rights Fuck, have shifted to other people. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I wish that movie got a re-release. Yeah, I heard the rights are all jacked up with that one though. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. So I guess it's my turn, huh? I guess Go so. Ahead. Uh, so I'm gonna review Hospital Massacre, aka X-ray from the year 1981, in honor of Madman being our slasher tonight. A hospital massacre follows a woman living in L.A. who needs to go get a checkup because she has a new job. So I guess it's like kind of a physical. Uh, she goes in to receive a routine checkup, and they kind of won't let her leave because her files got switched around or something. Uh, and also there is a maniac dressed in a doctor doctor's surgical mask and clothing that is going on a killing spree, murdering all the staff, hiding their bodies. Uh, and you might think that it has something to do with Susan's friend being killed on Valentine's Day 19 years earlier. Uh, so this film, I, I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a good, fun slasher film like i i love you know the slasher genre i love the setting in this one it was filmed in an abandoned hospital the director says in the interview on the disc and it has that 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 atmosphere that hospital atmosphere which i i just love like i love that atmosphere you know halloween 2 has that atmosphere uh hellraiser 2 has that atmosphere and there's just something about it that you get from being in the hospital like when you're there at night and it's creepy and dark but you know, in horror movies, hospitals are very dark, like retardedly dark, like doesn't make sense plot. Come on now, why do you have to drop the R word? What's wrong with the R word? <laughs> Just busting your balls. <laughs> okay, so the, the hospitals are really, really dark. And, uh,. You know, there's, there's, I think that the biggest problem with this film for me personally is just the, uh, like, insane amount of plot holes. Like, there's, like, nothing makes sense. Like, no, all this stuff that's happening does not make sense. Like, the idea that her boyfriend shows up and he's like, I'm taking you out of here. And, like, I don't care what they say. And then, you know, the doctors are like, you can't do that. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll just have oh, yeah. a seat in the lobby then. And and she's being pulled away screaming. And it's like, oh, see you later. You know, and the ho- the doctors are making no sense. Like, the stuff that they're doing makes no sense. It's like, it's almost like they're in on it, but they're clearly not in on it. So it's like weird. Um, and, you know, and the killer is kind of lame. But you know what? There's some, oh, not really okay kills a lot of them are off screen and stuff but there, there's some some stuff there but it's really the atmosphere it's just a little tiny slasher set in a hospital that's pretty fun it's it's pretty damn fun actually i really enjoyed this one though it's not a good movie it's definitely not a good movie and i give it about a six out of ten and the mm. ending was stupid i mean like you kind of think like oh maybe they're gonna do something like a twist or something but it's like ex- like the setup is the ending it's stupid <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, the killer, the, the look of the killer in the film is totally 
what it is. You know, I mean, you really wouldn't expect anything less, though. Mm-hmm. I have no, it works. It definitely works because it's, it's real. Like it's it's possible. It's practical. It's something. Well, that, because he's he's also dressed like that so he can fit in too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It makes so, sense. So it makes sense. Did I say that the killer sucks? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean yeah. his look. I just meant the killer, like the way oh, okay. reason that it yeah. happened and stuff. It's so cliche. You know what I mean? The no, yeah, the yeah. the suit is fine because it's like it makes sense. It's practical. It's not a stupid bowling bag on his head. Uh, it it makes sense. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my but God. yeah, I mean it's riddled with plot holes. Um, I did mm-hmm. like like the like. There's one scene like you know when a like killer like grabs the lead protagonist who has you know boobs by the way we get to see those quite a bit um but he grabs the lead protagonist and in most movies like oh she's like reaching for a knife and she can barely reach it and then finally she grabs it and stabs him they do like a scene like that in this but it's with she like lights a lighter and like lights him on fire and it really didn't like like it didn't seem like he would burst into flames like that. Um, but you know, it has, it has many plot holes, but it's fun. And that's what, that's what counts for me. It is a bad mm-hmm. movie. I give it a six out of 10. Yeah. I agree with the atmosphere in that film. It's actually pretty well done. A lot of cool scenes, kind of low lit and kind yeah. of creepy, but, and I got to say the lead in that movie, hot man, gets to your boobs too. A lot. Kind of cool. You get to see him for a long yeah. time, which that I didn't know, it, make sense it, either. <laughs> I th- they just totally threw that i mean it's a slasher film we need boobs yeah, it's <laughs> you know, for sure. just gotta put it in there right so yeah it makes sense but yeah i mean i i have no idea what i rated that film i'm pretty sure that was supposed it. to get released by scream factory but it didn't no it got no released. it got released by scream yeah what was the movie that was supposed to get the hospital movie that was supposed to get released by south by uh Scream Factory, but you're thinking of the women in prison movie or the no, no, he's thinking of um, (laughs) fuck, what's it called? Uh, hell something, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I've never actually seen it before. All right, so Halsonoid, something annoyed. No, you're thinking of schizoid or schizoid is paired up with X, but what was that one, uh, with X ray Falchi movie that was supposed to be in the four pack? Oh, they had it under a different title, but uh, um, what the fuck title did they have? Ah, shit, I can't remember. I'll, I'll figure it out. It's like Woman in Lizard Skin. Schizoid, a Woman in Lizard yeah. Skin. A wo- Woman in Lizard Skin. Oh, maybe that's what the title that they're using, but that's the title I have it under. Uh, Shriek Show released under that. So, Alrighty, so for the first film I'm going to review tonight is one from uh, 1968, and... Um, this is one I really, really wish I had seen it before we did our 1968 top 10 show because it would have definitely made in my top 10 and it might have made pretty high actually. Um, this one right here has uh, recently been released by Kino on Blu-ray and it is called The Crimson Cult. If you look on IMDb, it's under The Curse of Crimson Altar. Um, it's starring Boris Karloff, Christopher Lee. So got some classic. <laughs> so you got some classic actors in there. And you know, right there, you know, it's gonna potentially be very, very good. And Karloff. of course got- Fuck you. <laughs> Karloff from Christopher Lee. And uh, actually the witch in this film is uh, played by Barbara Steele, which um, you know, I love Barbara Steele with a passion. I think she's fantastic. Uh 
you know, without, I'm probably just going to read the storyline off here because just to describe this one might take a little bit and this kind of breaks it down. Um, when his brother disappears, Robert Manning pays a visit to a remote country house he, he was last heard from. While he's, <clears throat> while his host is awkwardly welcoming, and the host being Christopher Lee and his niece more demonstrably so, Manny detects a feeling of menace in the air with the legend of Lavina Morley, Black Witch of Greymarsh, hanging over everything. Um, so basically, this movie is um, kind of an interpretation of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Dreams in the Witch House. And of course, we covered you know an episode of that on Masters of Horror, and I believe that was directed by Stuart Gordon, right? Correct, Correct. me if I'm wrong. So, yeah, so this is like, you know, obviously from 1968 and that's a different version. But, yeah, this is the version of that story, um, Dreams in the Witch House. Uh, so my thoughts on this one, um, it's kind of interesting when you when you grab this Blu-ray, the cover isn't has, you know, very beautiful art on it. If you turn it around, the screenshots are in black and white. And, of course, I'd never seen this film before. So I was assuming this movie was in black and white when I popped it in. No, it's actually in color. So Kino does things very odd. They put their screenshots in black and white so don't let that fool you so anyways i pop in the movie first off the transfer on this thing beautiful beautiful kino did an amazing job with this one it's very very colorful it's kind of like you know like like a 60s italian film it looks like that it's got so much vibrant colors reds and everything um but yeah so you know the story in this film yeah basically buddy's looking for his brother who's gone missing he goes to this remote country house where he's last heard from and of course he starts feeling kind of weird there because they're overwhelming to him and when he goes to sleep at night he has like these crazy crazy weird fucking dreams and he can't really defer you know reality from dreams and stuff because things are kind of happening to him that he can't explain um so you know the storyline's pretty interesting uh i love boris karloff's character in this film because he plays kind of like the small town um professor he's like an expert on witchcraft of course he is in the small town and he's he knows all these local legends and stuff so they go to boris karloff he keeps going to him for advice and stuff and boris karloff is just amazing in his delivery in this film he's fantastic he's he plays someone he's in a wheelchair and stuff and Have the way he delivers all his that, lines a man they could not hang with boris karloff? uh no i don't think i have seen oh, that movie you have to check it out it's fucking awesome nice um but yeah i I just like the way this whole kind of movie develops you know him having all these crazy dreams and he's going to karloff and he's just kind of paranoid about everything and everyone delivers great performances christopher lee's fantastic i think all the kind of dream sequences with barbara Steele as the witch and stuff are really kind of well executed and it has this very kind of 60s psychedelic look to it like when you know obviously go into a dream state and it gets very psychedelic it's got like these kind of really almost cheesy 60s effects but they really do work for what it is because they're in dream sequences oh the colors are popping it's just amazing amazing visuals it's really well done and i can't believe it's a that. great um great performances too which really make up this film like i said the storyline's kind of basic and stuff but it all kind of comes together at the end and stuff really well executed i love this movie uh highly recommend it man i mean if you're a fan of any of these actors you just got to check it out but i was just amazed at how beautiful this movie looked because it instantly reminded me of you know like a mario bava film or um you know an argento film just based on the way they utilize the colors in this um they obviously you know did some really well transferring with the colors and stuff but uh uh i can't recommend this one enough i mean if you guys have seen the episode dreams in the witch house in the witch house uh 
Masters of Horror episode. This one's very not like that at all. <laughs> it's kind of different. It has the dream sequences and stuff, but it's so much different. Um, I don't really know what else to say. I don't want to give anything away about it, but uh, very interesting film, and I highly, highly recommend it. So I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10. Yeah, you know what? I That is one that I do remember watching about half of. And really? that's why I didn't include it or wasn't able to because I didn't, you know, see the full movie, obviously. But I do remember thinking, like, this is one that I probably would have on my list. And I believe I might have even said that it's one that you would probably have on your list. Um, yeah. I just, it, I just love how simple the setup is. But Christopher Lee is just – he's so perfect. And all the roles are so great in this, man. It's just – Oh, it's one of those movies I, I'm definitely going to revisit, man, soon. I, I loved it. It was awesome. Great film. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the case with a few other titles I think would be on your top ten if you had seen them. Like some of the ones that I've seen that you wasn't able to see. All right, so moving along into segments this week. Are we actually doing segments this week or do we have picks of the week or what's the story here? What has everyone got here? Got um, it's all You got segments. a segment? Okay. Yep. It's just segments and Jeremy. All right. Read us off. Do a midnight. I mid Jeremy's midnight movie this week. Oh yeah, and um, <laughs> oh boy, this time I'm gonna be talking about one that isn't very good, folks. That's pretty much complete garbage. Besides the ending, which barely saves the film, and that is a movie called Inner Demons from the year 2015. Re- like I said, released by IFC Midnight. Okay, this movie. Oh God, it's bad. The acting is absolutely atrocious so we follow this um this intervention type tv show um of course it's found footage so we're following this inner intervention type tv show and they're doing an intervention on this girl who all of a sudden has become um goth and she wears you know dark eyeliner and all that kind of goth stuff and she became addicted to heroin and of course they're just giving her an intervention and um all that stuff for 20 minutes that's absolutely pointless it makes no point to the narrative we just learn that she's a drug addict and that something iffy's going on and that's why she's using drugs it really has no purpose and it feels like i'm watching fucking intervention on a and e and it doesn't actually feel like a horror movie because all we're watching is an intervention an episode of intervention so when she gets to the rehab center that's when stuff starts to pick up with there's some um inner demon inside of her that she blocks out by using heroin and i found that interesting you know i haven't really seen that that somebody uses hard drugs to try and block out and a demon inside of them you know that's that was interesting you know i have to give them credit with that that they i haven't really seen anybody using drugs to do that so that was that was interesting so she gets to rehab um she starts to do weird things because she's not on the drugs anymore and the demon starts coming out and doing all the regular stupid shit that we see in all these possession films while at the same time have incredibly terrible acting from everybody that's in the film. <laughs> oh my God. It's so over the top and bad. You know, you know me with acting. I can't tolerate shit acting. You know, I could tolerate some low budget stuff, but if the acting shitty, I can't tolerate that. And, um, this movie definitely has really, really bad acting. Um, not so much of the main actress. She's okay. You know, she's definitely probably the best person in the film best actress in the film but the girl's parents are absolutely atrociously atrociously bad and they put bloody homecomings acting to shame so that should say something just these just this mother and father are just absolutely horrendously bad 
So as the film goes on, we get to the ending. The ending is probably the best part of the film. The twist is really, really interesting and um, pretty good, once again, things that I haven't seen before. So I have to I have to give them credit on that, that they did a few things that I haven't really seen before. But besides that, it just feels like I'm watching a long episode of Intervention with a procession subplot intertwined with it. And it's just really boring and not good. So don't buy this one, but <laughs> if you guys want to rent it, I guess do that, just simply for the ending. Um, two and a half out of ten. Two and a half. <clears throat> Damn. Holy <laughs> fuck balls. It sucks. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. So, uh. Yeah, I was just expecting it to be a little higher when you said two and a half. <laughs> it's caught me off guard. Crazy. Yeah, one point for the ending and one point for the interesting idea that they block drugs out and half a point for all the other okay jumble shit. <laughs> all the other, like. Centimeter stuff. of okayness yeah. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Oh man, rough one. All right. Right. So like every other possession film. <laughs> there's some good ones out there. Yeah, yeah. There's some good ones. Asmodexia. Re- uh, highly recommend that one. All right. So getting into my segment this week, it actually is going to be another closer look at. This is where I take a film and review not only the film itself but the special features as well. So the film I'm going to be reviewing is Cockneys vs. Zombies from the year 2012. Uh, now, I did review this on Body Bags, but after watching the special features, I thought it was important that I re-reviewed it. So this film follows a group of kind of tough, not so tough, some of them are tough, you know, criminals who are in South London or East East London. I don't know. East London, I think. And they want to rob a bank. But they're not just robbing the bank for, you know, their personal gain. They're doing it for their grandparents' retirement home uh, because it is being took over by developers as they are, you know, having construction workers building uh, stuff in the town. They unleash a little crypt of zombie things that were in there for a long time. And then the virus quickly spreads and... As the bank robbery is going on, also the zombie apocalypse is happening. So upon escaping the bank, the world has been turned into a smoldering zombie apocalypse. Mm. And comedy ensues. That's kind of your thing. They're trying to get back to the old age home to rescue their grandparents. Now, I was very critical on this one because I hate comedies like this. I, I really just don't like them that much. Uh, this, to me, I mean, honestly, this is exactly Shaun of the Dead, in my opinion, in terms of, like, uh, the type of comedy. Uh, it might be different in certain aspects with, like, stuff that, like Mood said with characters. Like, that's what he likes about it so much. But uh, the, the humor is, like, right, like, right the same kind. That I, and I don't like that kind of humor, typically. Well, it's probably because it's, you know, British humor, right? So mm-hmm. it seems like it's all the same, but I don't know. Whatever. I mean, but it's, it's even. The, I don't mean like Brit- the British part of it. I mean like the type of humor where you have one character who is walking with a walker, and then there's zombies chasing that her, and it's funny because she is moving as slow as the zombies. Like that's the same kind of humor that's on, in Shaun of the Dead. Uh, that's what I mean by like the type of humor, like the type of joke that it is. Well, that's where I argued. It's execution, though, too. It's just, it's 
it's the situation and the execution that's just more fun than Shaun of the Dead and me, in my opinion. So, okay, so I'm not going <clears> to <throat> sit here and you know completely compare it to Shaun of the Dead. It is its own movie and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, I just, I for one, like just the amount of of just it is all comedy. It, it's all comedy. There's not really any horror in there at all, and it's supposed to be like that. I'm well aware of that it's just something that I don't like. However, I am going to go back on my original review because it actually is a better movie than I was giving it credit for. And I, and I really kind of the special features really pointed that out to me because as two commentaries on the disc, one by the writer and one by the director, separate commentaries, and both of them are very good. Uh, both of them, the first one with the director really just gushes on how he like made a movie and his mm-hmm. thought process and process and how he was his ideas and reasons that he did things. And it really did kind of open my eyes to some stuff that I had had missed, um, like why some of the jokes were set up well and stuff like that. And then there's also one with the writer who also goes into why he wrote everything the way that it was. And I felt like both of those commentaries really, really, really explained like every setup and everything to the film. And it, a lot of it I didn't realize like the the – I guess like, you know, the metal plate zombie was kind of creative because it's a zombie that you can't shoot in the head because it has a metal plate in its head. Like, yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. That's new. Something that I haven't thought of. Uh, you know, that I, just, just to me, it's, it's really just not my cup of tea. Like, I just don't like these comedy movies like this that are, that are over the top, ridiculous, you know, comedy movies. It's just not my thing. Um, most of the time. And but it is a good, well-made movie. I will be honest. I don't like it, but it's well-made, and it is uh, well-made in comedy as well because some of the stuff is is creatively thought out. So I, I kind of will reverse my statement on the film a little bit. I still am not the biggest fan of it, but it definitely is a good movie, and I up my rating from a five point five to a seven. Interesting. There's also a bunch of deleted scenes on there, which are also very well explained on why they are not in the movie. Uh, and there's also behind the scenes is about 29 minutes long, and it's like a legit behind the scenes, like like action, you know, cut, you know, just all that shit. It's like watching <laughs> them make the film um, in a trailer. So good. Honestly, I was super surprised by the special features. They're all really good for a film that I did not mm. really care for. Really kind of opened my eyes to it. Like the mustache thing. Like they're all wearing mustaches, and uh, you know I got the joke right because they look ridiculous. But there were some moments where I was like, oh, I didn't get that part of the joke. Like one dude rips his mustache off, and the mustache, his real mustache under it is thicker than the one that was on his face. So that is kind of funny, right? <laughs> but I didn't notice that in the movie. I just was like, oh, the joke is the ridiculous looking mustaches. But then when he takes it <laughs> off, it's thicker, his real one. So like, there is really funny stuff in there that I, I failed to notice the first time. So I do give this film props for me being an idiot and not picking up some of the jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the film, but I know. I know. I I didn't really think that you're going to care too much for it, considering how much you've always stated that you're not a big fan of those comedy horror films. It really but. is the zombie ones too that really just get under my skin. Like, because I, I just, just I like, think that like zombies 
I don't like the zombie being the joke, like like where they're looking at it, like oh look, it's a zombie, it's coming after us, uh, you know, and then they like trip it or something. Like to me, it's just like I don't like when they do that. It just rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. 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 Cool. I'm a weirdo. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we're all quirky in some way. All right, so for uh, my segment this week, my Italian stallion, um, this one is going back to 1974, uh, recently released by Scorpion, uh, directed by Umberto Lenzi, who I'm a huge, huge fan of, and it is called Spasmo. Um, this one basically is, it's a giallo, is essentially what it is. Uh, of course, starring um, Susie Kendall, uh, who was in... Um, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, yeah. which is a fantastic, fantastic giallo by Argento, as we all know. His first. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic film. Um, so basically, these films are really hard to review because you don't want to give certain elements of the film away. So I'll just kind of give a brief synopsis of it. Basically, in the beginning of the film, you got your main character, Christian, um, played by Robert Hoffman. Uh, he's at the beach with his girlfriend. They're just, you know, looking around and uh, his girlfriend notices that there's like a dead body on the beach. So they go over there and investigate upon further investigation. This girl, they find out that she's not dead. She's just basically passed out on the beach. Um, And now Robert kind of gets infatuated with her like right away. He's like, man, it's just so strange. And she's so beautiful and stuff. And of course, this is Susie Kandel's character, uh, which is her name is Barbara in the film. She kind of comes infatuated with her. Anyways, he ends up meeting up with her through circumstances and stuff um, at this yacht party like the next day. And he kind of basically ditches his girlfriend and falls in love with, with Barbara, Susie Kendall. Um, anyways, so later that night they go back to a hotel room and something like really fucking strange happens. They're getting ready for bed. We're going to jump in the sack or whatnot. And uh, some dude like randomly breaks into the, into the hotel room and kind of starts a fight with them and stuff. Anyways, Christian grabs the gun. He ends up shooting the, the intruder and killing him which they kind of thought that he was dead anyway. So he's kind of like all freaking out and stuff. And you learn very early in the film that Christian's character, he's kind of like, he potentially is very kind of mentally unstable and he doesn't really, you know, he's just kind of escaping life right now and he's not really stable and stuff. Anyways, they, they check out of there um, upon further investigation because now they're freaking out about this body. They go back and the body's gone. And now he's like completely lost his mind. He's like, did this really happen? Did this not happen? Why is this body not here? He was bleeding, blah, blah, blah. So they basically flee and a whole, it just sets off a whole string of crazy events that start happening to these two. And the whole time in the film, you're basically just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Like, why is all this crazy shit happening to Christian? And, uh, you know, and that's basically stops your film. So this one essentially is your typical, it's not your typical giallo. It's actually kind of like a, it's kind of a trippy, almost psychedelic, weird giallo. And it keeps you guessing throughout the entire film because, you know, that's what these giallo films should really do. Um, yeah, it, it's good. It's really, really interestingly executed. Umberto Lenzi kind of jumps ship all over the place in this film and he really keeps you guessing. He introduces Christian's brother um and stuff like in the film and you're kind of wondering what the hell his connection might be with all this or if there is even a connection to stuff because he actually works for his brother and uh so 
there's a whole pile of just randomness that's going on in this film. It just seems like Christian's having the worst day ever, <laughs> you know, with all this shit that keeps happening to him. But very, very well executed. I love the cinematography in this film was actually really good by Umberto Lenz. He did a great job. Um, it does have some pretty, <laughs> at times, kind of funny dialogue, but I guess that's kind of, you know, expected in Italian films every once in a while. Kind of makes you laugh, but. I thought the effects in it were really well done. Cinematography, fantastic. But in the score, is just fantastic in this film. I, I have to mention how good the music is. And, uh, but I have to say, it's, it's an oddball film. It really is an oddball film because of all the jumping around that he does. It, it, it you know, if you're not paying attention, you might kind of miss something or think you missed something. But I will say it all does come, it comes together in the end and it's not an ambiguous ending by any chance or stretch the imagination. It's, it's, it is what it is and it all kind of comes around and it really does make the film. Um, I think Susie Kandel does a great job in this film. She's fantastic. And, you know, there's not really a whole lot more you can really say about the movie without giving anything away, which I won't. So. With that said, I'm going to give this one a, like a really, really high recommendation because I think it's just a, such an underrated film. Like it's one I've never really heard people talk about as, you know, being a top giallo film or even like a really great Italian film in general. Um, and this one did have a DVD release before, which I'm really like even more surprised it never got talked about. So I'm going to give this one nine and a half out of 10. I think everyone should see that everybody should see this film. It's really good. It's really, really good. It's got a lot of trippy things happening in it. There's, you know, I just don't want to give anything away, but there's weird shit with mannequins and just weird shit that's going on. It's, it's fucking cool. It's that's a really hot. cool, very cool, well-made film by Umberto Lindsay. Spasmo. Everyone check it out. And the transfer amazing and the cool thing about this film actually um it comes with you know the english version and the italian version and it comes with like two more versions it says like the unedited i don't know there's like there's like four versions of the film on here which is really cool so i actually watched it in italian um with sub with english subtitles and i realized i think that oh, he actually filmed this subtitles. film <laughs> and i think I, that they actually filmed this one in english Oh, yeah. So when I was watching, so I watched in Italian, so it was like a dub, right? <laughs> like watching the whole time, like, <laughs> that seems like they're actually talking English. So then I actually, I finished the movie and I was like, wait a minute, I, I'm pretty sure that they filmed this one in English. That's so so I pressed, I started watching English and I go, fuck, they are talking English. <laughs> <laughs> so I read the goddamn movie and I didn't even really have to. But, um, no, it was funny. And I actually watched about the first half an hour in English and I was comparing the dialogue you know, the translation from, you know, the, the, you know, the it's English with the, it was fucking funny, man. There was actually different lines and stuff. It was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> so you had a good chuckle about that, but I recommend Spasmo. Everybody grab this film. It's awesome. Was that a nine? Yeah. Five. Yeah. Awesome film. Shit. Awesome. It was just a huge surprise for me. Like I wasn't expecting it to be that interesting and guessing. Like I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Like, I mean, because you're not really supposed to, right? That's the whole point of the yeah. film. And then it just all comes together and you're just like, ah, god damn it. Of course. <laughs> Dude, so, sound, it had me going. sound interesting to me. It, it was fun, man. It was such a good film. Such a cool film. All right. So, yeah, that is going to conclude what we watched for this week. And moving along into the featured review of the week, of course, was picked by yours truly, Jeremy. And we discussed why it was picked, you know, summertime slasher. Um, I don't so, yeah, think for that's the why he picked it. It just was coincidence. 
Yeah, well, we'll give him a little more credit then. Come on. We <laughs> never give him credit, so we'll credit. give him credit this time. Uh, yeah. Fuck you! So this, <laughs> so this one right here originally was supposed to come out in 1981. It actually came out, uh, I believe, New Year's Day of 1982. So, you know, this one is basically a 1981 horror film. But came out in 1982, technically. And, of course, we're talking about Mad Men. Many strange things happen around here. He was a farmer, wife and two children. We used to live in that old house behind those trees. For no apparent reason, we'd stark, raving mad. He walked into his bedroom. The bodies of his wife and children have never been found. And if he hears you call his name, he'll come for you. Come and get us, madman! Madman. Uh, of course, this isn't the first time this movie's had a release. It had an Anchor Bay DVD release back in the day. Code Red re-released it, and now it's being released by Vinegar Syndrome. And of course, we talked about it in a 4K transfer, which the transfer is good. It's you know, good. It uh, has some problems. No, well, the scratches that are on there—that's in every transfer. Yeah. If you watch, if you watch the uh, Anchor Bay uh, DVD, if you watch the Code Red. It's because they all use the original negatives and they're damaged in those spots. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's a good transfer. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to really fix those scratches. You can't. They actually said you can't. It's just the way it is. Um, it's like amazing. There's a lot of scenes in this film, like in the woods and stuff, that look great. The lighting, really, the scenes really, with the lighting, with the man yeah. track and shot behind them, that looks really yeah. good. Yeah, really good. Really they did a good job. Definitely the best transfer of all the editions that I have. So, so uh, which is expected. So. Plot. Do we want to get into the uh, plot of this one? JP. At a summer camp for youths, cocky preteens calls out the name cocky? of mass serial killer <laughs> Madman Mars. Suddenly, That's counselors are being maimed and slaughtered in various ways by the backwoodsman who has returned when his name was called. So basically, we have uh, a group of people sitting around the campfire, oh, saying, "Totally uninteresting." I'm gonna give you it. I'm gonna give it to you guys straight about Madman Mars, you know. And they tell a story of a farmer who goes nuts, slaughters his wife, then goes in, slaughters his son, then goes into the other room and slaughters his daughter. The townspeople capture him, hang him up, stick an axe in the side of his face, and leave him to die. Yeah. Then. 
hanging upon hanging returning hang him up yeah they, he was hanged by a noose uh, upon returning he was gone the rope was cut and he was never heard from again but legend has it that if you say madman mars's name in the woods anything higher than a whisper he will return and then he does no he will return and kill you he will kill you why the fuck did the janitor die he never said man man mars why the fuck did he die well, they didn't say yeah, that well, he wouldn't kill anybody else. They just said I he's going to kill you. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> you. Not everyone they... said Madman's name in the film that died. Yeah. Really. Mm, are you sure? So, yeah, listen, I'm pretty sure. Listen, dude. I'm pretty sure. But they never said that he wouldn't kill other people. He was talking yeah, that to that true. person, so he said he'll kill you if you say it. That is true. But they never said that he wouldn't kill anybody else. Okay, going right from the start of this film, um, I, I actually really like the way the opening credits are in this. It feels so comic booky. No, you know, I it, said it, it feels. It, it, I, I wrote down that it felt like a German expressionist film. Really? Yeah. Okay, but I just like the way they do it because they just kind of scroll and there's just the the Madman Mars theme song playing. Mm. <laughs> I like that man. I, I think it's kind of interesting how they did the credits. There's like no, there's actual no, there's no scenes there. You know, it's just these scrolling credits i actually really enjoyed that i think it's kind of cool Very i've always german expression is man yeah it's in caligari that is true that is yeah. true i yeah. just didn't think of the german expression i just it, it just felt comic booky to me right at first mm-hmm. i was like just i think it's more the song because it just sounds kind of campfirey goofy i don't know there's something about that song but it's catchy as shit though yeah. Well, it really is. I, that's one thing about this movie I love is the synth music and the or the synth song, score and, and and the in the song. So at least they got a little creative with that. But I have to say, man, I'm a really big fan of the campfire story setup. I mean, you it guys. works so fucking good in the fog. It works, you know. It, it, I, the spack story is fun in this, and let's just give it that, anyways. Okay, before um, we move on too much, can I comment on a couple of things that you just went through? One, yeah. you said that you thought it was like comic book style or you forgot that feel. Jeremy said ex- German expressionism. It's funny because I actually got a, a different feel than both of those. So like that's interesting that all three of us had like a different feel. I had like a cartoon, like an old, like like old, old, you know, like like pre-50s cartoon vibe to it. And, yeah, I can see that. And yeah. I like that. Also, yeah, I can see that. Uh, the Madman Mars song fucking love that song dude it's it it mm-hmm. like it cool. adds so much to like the low quality slasher uh mm-hmm. because you know so many slashers there's so many right especially 81 82 uh this that really kind of gives it like a little bit more like polish than your typical slasher mm-hmm. now, like i said man you know the beginning 20 minutes of this film are good you know it's good like i mean like you know you always have to come up with some backstory the backstory is mm-hmm. not the greatest but it's interesting enough and it, it is what it is it's a campfire story they're not supposed to be giallos <laughs> you know well i love for, this like that, the campfire setup is one i i've I know, not have seen it so many times but this one was a little bit different in the way mm-hmm. they did it and i was mm-hmm. like okay this is cool that I, I can see the campfire setup again and it'd be slightly different and i haven't like seen interested. like i haven't seen like a campfire at like winter time you could tell it was fucking cold you could like see their breath and everything, and I haven't like seen like a summer camp movie at, yeah, during the winter this time. One, because they set this one what a week before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yeah. and that's U.S. Thanksgiving, so that's like November. In what November? So that's really fucking late in the year. Yeah, yeah pretty cold, but I actually kind of liked how they did it because there was a story being told by another uh, camp counselor, right? And they were actually kind of showing clips from that story. TP, right? <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool, man. He's like telling the story and also this body's being dragged and then 
and then the the camp leader tells his madman Mars story. I thought that was kind but of which was told that. really well. That was well written. I think this it was well written, and I think I I think sorry to cut you off, but I really think they the guy that they chose as the camp leader to tell the story character. did a good job with uh, it. Yeah, like he's actually cool. like the way he the way he delivers the story, like it's it's captivating. Like I would sit there and listen to that guy all night. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was a good choice. I think it was a good choice. I was going to say, I think I think the scenes that are intertwined with TP's story is the kills of Madman during the film. So kind of ruins some of the kills because don't we see the same scene when he's dragging the feet later on in the film and it's the same pants? So you kind of know. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty no, sure. I think it. It might be. I never really yeah. put two and two together, but I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. But yeah, I I I know what you're saying though. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. That guy was a fuck. These characters. I, I think after the campfire, it starts to go. Well, okay, okay. So basically, yeah, the first like twenty twenty five minutes of the film is obviously the best part of yeah. the film. Um, yeah. See, the, the the problem with this movie is that there's absolutely no character development in this film. Oh, so you don't God, care about so any of these characters. So uninteresting. All, all these characters. One thing I've always noticed about this film that's so strange. It's not the fact that there's no character development at all. So, like, all you know is that they're camp counselors and that's it. You don't know a shit about them. So you don't really care about any of these characters, to be honest. One thing I noticed about this movie that's – it's always kind of interesting. I mean, there's – the cast is so plain looking. Mm-hmm. There's no one that sticks out. There's there's not that, you know, that real good looking guy or that real the hot girl. The only one that like, sticks out is the blonde more... because she's blonde. Exactly, but she's not even that great looking, and I just find it so interesting that the cast is so plain and you know not developed, and it kind of there's no arcs at all for any of their nothing, man. And okay, this whole movie, this just to sum it up in a nutshell, is basically people looking for people. Yeah, that's all it is. One person goes out. And then the next person yeah. goes out to find that. And then, and then the it's next just, person like, goes it's, out. It's very, very repetitive and it's predictable. And there's I only – and in Essentially. All, yeah, and all those people going out, there's only one good kill in like four times four, – the four people that go out, one out of the four are good kills and the rest – actually like doesn't the kills, man. It doesn't oh. really have that big of a body count. I mean in the first you know, <laughs> seven minutes of the film, there's already been f- uh, four people killed. Yeah. Right? There's only ten kills total and that's including the three that are in the Mar- Madman Mars story. Yeah. So – and one is good. Mm-hmm. I like the kills of this story. The that was kind of brutal seeing yeah, like those Yeah. The... Those are OK but like yeah, – those... about like the camp counselors. The only good one is the, the car one. What about the, the – Which which I'll, which is actually funny that you bring that up too because that kills fucked up. What they about the meat hook? The That's stupid. You've seen that before. I love the meat hook kill. Eh. Eh. It's OK. I think the it's car okay. kill is pretty original. I haven't seen that before. But – and you know it's original but it got it's – it's a goof in the film though yeah. because when she goes into the hood, she's face down and then – Spoiler. Oh yeah, I guess. she would break her back so, right, on her head. So right, so he fucking decapitates her, yeah, sure. and her face would be in the engine. They open it up later, and her fucking yeah. face is. Well, how do you up. know he didn't move the head around? He does oh, move for bodies. Fuck's sake, <laughs> JP, that's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? He would, because he wouldn't just move the fucking head; he would Why? take it out. Oh, for fuck's sake, JP! It's a <laughs> screw up in the film. It's a total goof. But it could be explained away, is what I'm saying. See, I saw no. that that it would break. It's a fucking goof, man. It it's a goof. It would have crushed her back, not her head. Because her head was like just all saying, the way I'm just into saying, the car. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. when she gets decapitated, she's facing down. Her head's yeah, not going to yeah. fucking turn itself right up and be looking up yeah. when they discover the head later. It's just, it's a screw up. It's simply a screw up. Yeah, it is. Obviously, it's a screw up. I know that. But I'm saying like whenever there's a screw up, if you can explain it away, then I choose to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's quite obviously a fucking goof in the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, standing up for him. Um, so, where's the tits? There's a slasher a brief film? one. Yeah, for two seconds. There is, yeah, there's like no nudity in the film. There is no nudity, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the. Okay, and that's and another that thing that's, that's always caught me, me off so guard. The, uh, the hot tub scene the in montage. this film, I think it just happens so early in the film and it's the music, it just feels so damn out of place. I'm like, they're already, we just got back there and they're just gonna fucking start. I don't know. It just always felt out of place to me, man. It's so yeah. weird. They're like going around in circles and the camera's tracking around them. It's, it makes no sense. It's, 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 it's trying like to be artsy, played, but it's not artsy. And the song that's played is so beyond cheesy. I it's thought ridiculous. it set the mood. I thought it was set in the mood, man. I, didn't. I just think, I honestly think it was too early. It just seemed like, okay, they're having these dinner and all of a sudden they're just bang in the hot tub and it's like, and it's all like fucking. After, after she's already like, you know, oh, I'm but, not but interested. see, Ruben. my thing is, I felt like the whole movie was too early. Like the, this, the setup for the killer happened literally right away. You know, that normally doesn't happen in, in, mm-hmm. in like the, okay, it's yeah, like, okay, I mean, now it, we're going to tell you about the, you know, the, the killer that roamed this. You normally there's, uh, you know, scenes where we meet the characters first and things like that, character development. So I, I think that this film has like a weird, like, uh, narrative in the first place with not only does it not have your typical, like, character setup, like, take like you know sleepaway camp or something where the kids get off the bus and they're all talking and you get to meet uh angela and you get to meet uh greg or whatever the hell the kid's name is and you know this one is just like oh there they are oh now they're over here and oh now there's a killer like it it, and you also kind of don't have like a single protagonist either which you kind of hop around from people which i thought was kind of interesting well yeah and that's that brings me to a point I was going to make too. I mean, the the order of the kills are interesting in the film because you know you think that <laughs> the guy that dies early in the film is probably going to be you know your main protagonist kind of thing, right? Which he turns out not to be. It's so weird mm-hmm. how they did that. So I give him credit for that. That was kind of a shock, you know. I mean, obviously it's not a shock once he goes out to look for the kid that veered off into the house because of course that's going to happen. Oh, right? I, that's another problem I had with the film. But he I know. fucking but let I, all the kids live. That's one thing that's always bugged me about the film too is that he never went after the kids ever once. Mm-hmm. Which he is strange because he killed his own kids. Yeah, yeah but he Jason didn't do that kids. either. I know, but there's potential to have yeah. a lot of body count in this film, man. Yeah. Like it could be a fucking bloodbath, right? But, you know, they strayed away from it. I, I agree with Jeremy 100%. Something's always bugged me about this <laughs> film that none of the kids except for his own were killed in this film. It's like fucking brutal he, like, walks so man. i do give him props for killing kids in the first place though man because that was with some brutal ways to kill well kids. i'm just saying in the in the present though there is potential to have a really awesome body count in this it film just, like but... walks right past them yeah so i don't know i don't know i was hoping for like i know it was low budget but oh, i don't want to spoil though let's just say i was hoping for a tom savini head explosion during one part of the movie <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's such a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. the 
the shotgun. Oh my god, that part is funny as hell. <laughs> it makes would, me fucking piss myself every time I see that part. I'm like, fuck it, it looks, it just looks so funny. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it's like, and it's kind of mean spirited too, actually. Because, because to be he honest. shoots her, and she's she's still intact. Nothing, <laughs> nothing happened since. Yeah. It's a I, fucking I shotgun at point blank. It could have been yeah. like birdshot, dude. Shut the fuck up. I'm serious. <laughs> when you can explain stuff away, then you can't use it as a plot hole. I'm not saying it's a plot hole. I'm just saying that they didn't have enough money. So it's just funny. Well, you know, besides like the opening 20 minutes there, we did talk about some of the wood cinematography and some of the shots are really, re- really nice. well yeah. lit and look great. Yeah. Yep. I-, I read once that... Uh, um, you know, the cinematography turned out a lot better than than the than it was really supposed to. I, I believe that the blue tinge that came about in the final transfer of this film was actually not supposed to be there. It's just the way it was lit and the way it was shot. So it's kind of interesting how like you know, kind of a screw up like that turned out to be so well done. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the coolest things about the film, and it creates the coolest atmosphere. Is you know, especially that first shot where you see Madman up in the bush there. Up in, up in the tree, I mean. Yeah, just that, I love that, that background, man. It's got this blue tinge, and it's just yeah. So it's not the best lit cool. shot, though. No, that one isn't. But I love yeah. just that. I love the way that shot is. But like, yeah, uh-huh. there's progressively gets better with. But this yeah. blue tinge that's throughout the film is just like, it's a cool feel. It kind of reminds like, me of like a skills cool episode. Yeah, this whole yeah. Movie. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Madman Mars, he's a cool killer. I was going to say that. That was cool. my number one like positive of this film. I love yeah. Madman Mars as a killer. He's you don't so see big. a lot of heavy set like killers, like slashers, yeah. unless it's like... He could fucking run. Yeah. The killer from Slaughterhouse is a big fucker too. Yeah, yeah I but I like his I think they ripped look. off Madman in that though. He's yeah. almost like a little bit like animalistic too, but it never is mm-hmm. to where it's overly like where you're like, that's stupid. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's this is supposed to be based on Cropsey. Hmm. Yeah. As um, the burning is. I believe at the same time they these films were being made at the same time in nineteen eighty one and apparently Madman's storyline was a little different. It was very similar to the one that uh is showcased in the burning. Yeah, they mentioned that so in the they, special features. Yeah, so they find out about this and then they had to kinda change their story a little bit and make him madman so that's what they came up with which is fine you know it looks cool $3,500 or three three yeah $350,000 budget on this one but what's that with inflation I don't know $350,000 on madman crazy mm-hmm. well I'll work then that's still pretty low dude mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's relatively probably close. the budget that the Babadook had yeah but the technology wasn't also readily available as back then either mm-hmm. um so yeah you know i love the way madman looks uh i love the mythology of the character uh i love the the setting i love some of the um shots where you just see madman's arm like on a tree mm-hmm. as a character walks by oh, i guess that's not that much Nine hundred eighteen thousand. uh or you know yeah that's not that much that's as, not that much or, or you know all these different scenes where they do a lot of those um like set up establishing shots of madman where he's like uh it sets up the scene where somebody walks by and madman's like in the background like i like that stuff it, it remind like mm-hmm. i said it remind me like a scooby-doo episode or something but um 
you know, I thought he looked good. I thought I thought he looked good, and I actually liked the ending. Uh, I wasn't expecting oh, it to kind of really? go out like that. I just, I oh, I hate the ending. I just, I think it's so weak, and it just would like he's mad, like he's Madman Mars. Like, how is he being? I don't want to give anything away, but I, I just don't think it'd go down well, like that I don't, at all. L- l- we're talking about two different parts of the ending, obviously. Like, I well, like yeah, the way I, that I, it, and, and I will refer, you know, I'll, I'll kind of state that, you know, the final girl in this film, I think she's so weak. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is like the so final girl weak, is, man. They, these are some where, of the more bad characters. Not only in every situation, like the the friend character, the final girl character, like all of them are weak except for the guy that tells the Madman Mars story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know, like the whole ending, like way it goes down. I'm just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I always kind of shake my head at it, but eh, that's me. That's me. So, but besides that, final... there's not really much to say about this one. No, there really isn't. I was that's why I was going to say like any final thoughts on the film. I mean, there. I mean, I think we stated the pros and cons and you know of the film or what we liked and what we disliked about the film. So I, there's really not a lot more to say for me. I mean, I could have, I could have, the movie could have worked great as yeah. a 20 minute short. <laughs> that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I won't lie. I won't lie. I've never really been an overly huge fan of this film. Um, you know I what? Think though? It's super overrated. I think mm-hmm. this movie just mm-hmm. has a cult following because of every time this movie comes out, it goes out of print and it just always sought out. So people always talk about Madman. Like, fucking, I need that Madman film. I need that Madman. So it gets a lot of talk in, in, from that, from that result, you know, these being hard to find, you know, um, yeah. But, yeah, I'll be, I agree. but I'll be I honest. But I'll too. be honest. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I just don't think this is a. It's not a, a top shelf slasher it's at all. Definitely not. It has a top its moments. Shelf slasher. No way. No. It, it's by far. It's not one of the worst either. It's it like a third tier slasher. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely. Third but tier. to me, it's one of the better third tier slashers in my opinion. Based it definitely on, is. I yeah. I think that this film is actually creepy. The music alone. I think that there's scenes that. Of of Madman, where he's like in the shadows, or mm-hmm. he's like you just see him briefly. I think that it's act- like the one scene where the girl, where uh, TP first leaves, right, and the girl's standing there, and she sees over by the the other house mm-hmm. or, or whatever the the uh, shed, and he walks past. Like, I feel like if I was a young kid, that would startle me. So I give mm-hmm. it props for that. I like that about the film. I like the way that Madman looks. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not a super good slasher film, and it definitely is popular based on the fact that it was hard to get. And I have to say, though, now I'm intrigued because, you know, this film kind of being like a third shelf type deal for us, you know, watching the special features and them talking about yeah, how it's really they're, good special features. They're remaking this film. Apparently we'll see if it actually materializes, but they continue to say that there's a sequel that's penned and a prequel that's penned for this. And I'm like, holy shit. Now we're getting fucking three more Madman films. Mm-hmm. But well, let's start with the remake. And they basically said it's going to be the same but different. So, hence, remake. Um, I'm really curious to see what they do with this. I mean, you know, there's been times... I mean, we all know that there's been some remakes that are better than the originals. Could this be one of them? Nope. This doesn't even have any legs to stand on. There's nothing unique about it. No. You don't think that the remake could possibly be better than 
this. Well, it could be better in terms of like if it's just a completely different movie, but there's yeah. just nothing here to make a movie on. Mm-hmm. Besides Man Man Mars. But even then, what is he? He's a well, he's the, a Victor I mean, Crowley. So you make this film, so you make this exact storyline, and you throw in about ten more kills, and like, we're talking like Tom Savini effects. You know, does that make the film better? Like, yeah. would you prefer the remake over the original if there was a lot more kills and a little more character development? Hmm. And but use the same storyline, but a lot more kills. Which, like, I always it's a downfall for this film because I always believe there was potential to have a really high body count, which they didn't utilize. So you have better effects, more kills, a little more interesting characters. You know, you just kind of incorporate these things. I think the the remake could work a lot better is if they made a better film, would it be better? (laughs) Well, because that's kind of what you're saying, (laughs) but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is using the exact same setup. Yeah, I guess so. Same story, everything. I like. Slash I'm talking films. about remaking it, but just improving on what they have. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. like the improved version better. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm saying there's potential here to have a better Madman film. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think we could say that with almost any slasher, right? Of course, of course you can. Of course you can. It's you know, it's not. This isn't brain surgery here. And this is you like, know. you know. This is like the... But I think this movie has... I'm just giving it because it has a lot of potential to mm-hmm. be a lot better. Yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. not like it's a total fucking mess and I'm just like, oh, fuck this. No, What's I actually like this shit? movie. Yeah. So, exactly. Any last words? Yes, I do have some last words. This is something that was really bugging me in the movie. How many fucking flashlights do these people own? <laughs> also, also... Flashlight well, technology yeah. has really fucking increased over the years because those pieces of shit are useless. They don't even work. The, I was really paying attention to how big the glow was. It was like the size of a 50 cent piece. Oh, tell me the about ground. it, man. And I'm like, holy shit, these... it's flashlights. They're all big and bulky and yet weird colored. I'm like, what the fuck I've got is a couple. This? I've got a couple like, you know, little LED lights that I use in a mode camping. They are fucking bright as shit, man. I got a pen. <laughs> you can have those things headlights on cars. It is better than the anything in this film. Better than the fucking lantern in this film. But it's funny because, <laughs> like, I, I, next time you watch it, pay attention <laughs> to how many flashlights they have. Like, the girl has oh, a yeah. flashlight in the car, and it like goes out, and she's like, "How come there isn't another flashlight in this car?" And she picks <laughs> up one. She finds one though. She finds another yeah. flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and then the two go to leave and the other girl's like here take this and he hands him a flashlight <laughs> it's like there's so many flashlights the girl finds a flashlight on the floor of the in the woods like it's crazy it's crazy the, the, there's so many flashlights and all of them suck um but that's one thing that i wanted to mention ah good times good times <laughs> <laughs> jeremy got any any last things to say before ratings it's just okay yeah, um, I don't ever see myself watching you again, to be honest. But, really? Yeah, I don't. Huh. Hmm, I don't well, know. If it, you gotta if look. It, Jeremy's not a big rewatcher in general. Yeah, I mean that is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. I watch. I, I just didn't find much enjoyment out of it, to be honest. I mean, it's just a it's low budget slasher film. It's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. It's not as good as the burning. It's not even close to the burning. And you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's funny, actually, I, you know, I, I rewatched this film, obviously, again last night, and uh, I was quickly just kind of skimming through people's thoughts on the film, and I came across this one 
review and he said that he had recently watched The Burning and Madman back to back. And I bring this up because we're just talking about this. And he's like, man, Madman is such a better film than The Burning. <laughs> I was like, shit, really? Hmm. I'm like, wow, it's amazing how people just view th- it, it just astounded me i was like no it's not a better film it's than the not Burning a better at all. film but no. i might the gap between what you guys see the burning and madman is probably a little bit smaller than what or a bit bit bigger than what i see it as mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but well, it's definitely like, not better no it's no. madman is not better I mean, that's just our opinions, right? So whatever. I, I was just surprised to read that. It was like the first thing. So interesting. But let's get to ratings. What do you guys rate this one? Uh, I'll go first. I never go first. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, when we talk about slashers, I see like the first tier, you know, your Nightmare on Elm Streets, your Halloweens. Your second tier is like your sleepaway camps. And this is your third tier. Uh, this is This is sort of the the lower class of the slasher there's films that are in this this world like hospital massacre for example it's a third tier slasher and it deserves a third tier slasher rating so i'm gonna give it a six out of ten um well i mean on that note um yeah i mean i i can't agree more you know i mean we've stated our our thoughts on this and I'm really, really fucking surprised, JP, that we have the same rating at six out of ten. Yeah, it's just that's very interesting. Yeah, word is bond, man. Word is bond. I got six out of ten written here. So I have a feeling Japanese yeah. might be a little lower than ours. I have a feeling it might be a little lower too. <laughs> I'm just, just about, surprised that we both came in at six. Just average five out of ten. All right. Yeah, that's pretty much what I figured. Five, five and a half. So yeah, I mean they're all relatively the same. I'm glad it got a release, though, because it is another slasher from the 80s that I'd never seen. So, you know, that's it's it's another one off the list. Knocking another one off. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, that is going to conclude episode 54. Hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the featured review of Madman, of course, from 1982 and all the other stuff that we talked about in the show. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. Of course, we'll see you guys in episode 55. Jeremy, take us away. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 54 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash mood 616. If you want to follow my fellow camp counselor, you could do so at youtube.com slash double shot J. And yes, he still hates Pee Wee Herman. And as always, you can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NES Ruler 22, and I promise I will not use the Shankle angle at any time on my channel. And as always, you can follow us on our website. It's 22 shots of moods and horror.com. That's 22 shots of moods and horror.com. And you can email, email us any questions you have at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at 22 shots podcast. And you can follow us on the Facebook page, facebook.com, search bar 22 shots of moods and horror. Join the Facebook page. Lots of awesome peeps over there. And as always, if you have any questions, you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. That should do it, folks. We shall be back on September 11th. Boo, shitty day for episode 55 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. We'll be checking out Artsploitation's newly released film, Cub. 21st release from Artsploitation. Yeah, so until... 
month from now, that shall do it. Peace out. Peace. Later. That is a wrap on episode number 54.